lads, explain those bad lads. That's a hell of a name. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to That's a nickname in its own way, but we came up with a new word for a new couple of words for corn. Oh, yeah. happening my brother Shaylay, Shaylay to all the pepes out there i'm doing fantastic tonight man what a night to have a little full fuck them uh tgiff everybody how yeah, you doing tonight tonight's a special night right it's leap day on a leap year feeling feeling very 1776 ish um and this is episode 69 so a little bit of kofefe there too okay um but no, Sean, I mean, we're having fun. 
And, you know, we keep getting questions on, you know, if we're going to stay humble or if we're going to say, I fucking told you so. <laughs> Good question. I don't Good know. Question. I think I think I'm okay staying humble till we hit 100K. But after 100K, I will not guarantee I will stay humble. Um, and so we welcome all the new friends, all the new frogs to the love and energy of Satoshi. We give a shout out to all of our friends at Badlands Media. Thank you for letting us do what we do and be complete psychopaths. And we thank uh, Trump and the military and all the good guys out there. All the patriots that flying under the same flag of freedom called Bitcoin. And we will converge on this special night and we will manifest that new freedom, that new love, that new peace that um, we all deserve. So I'm happy. I'm good. I'm in good spirits, Sean. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was a great way to start off the evening. And I wrote down just a handful of words to kind of characterize the last week for me. And it was serving God, stacking freedom, seeking truth, spreading good news, staying comfy. What more could you want? Um, you could have added, added a full fuck. You could have added a full fuck, a couple fuckums in there, though. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that was just what came up on the top of my head, and I knew we'd get enough them in there tonight um but yeah i mean i celebrated a birthday this last week and that's right happy birthday on. dude what up yeah. happy freaking birthday thanks happy, man i appreciate happy born that. happy born on day we don't born birth. on day i don't know something i heard about birthday you're supposed to say born on day i don't know yeah it was kind of weird too and i i i was born by c-section so i i wasn't technically birthed i was ripped oh. out um so yeah kind of kind of weird spiritual thing there. But um, yeah, I mean, on my birthday was the announcement and we'll get into it later of the Ross shield and his death. And what more could you want on your birthday, man? I mean, that was a pretty sweet announcement. I mean, and my kids, I, they, I think they truly see the Bitcoin journey in my life and the way that I've changed as a result of this path, these, you know, few years. And so one of my kids got me this for my birthday. And it's this little capsule mm. and it looks like a piece of candy, right? But there's nothing in it. And the package literally says it's nothing, right? They get you nothing. And so it's a, it's a marketing thing. It's a, it's a fiat. It's a piece of plastic, right? But I like the sentiment behind it. I mean, there, what more could we want, G? I mean, yeah. we're sitting here on the, the tip of the spear fighting for freedom, fighting for the future generations. We're replicating our founding father's vision in cyberspace. I mean, what a unique time to be alive. Yeah, that, that's it's special. That's that's really cool. And yeah, right. What what do we actually need as, as humans? We just need love and comfort and some good food and maybe some good tequila, right? Maybe some cute women. I don't know. <laughs> don't need a lot, Sean. Don't need a lot. But um, I love that. And I'll so, be your wingman. There you go. You were blessed with um, a great birthday, and we were blessed with the death of a Rothschild. Let's celebrate Woo! a little bit. So I'm not, um, yeah. And, and by the way, we we thank you, dear Lord Rothschild, for kicking off this Omega bull run, as your death actually sparked the bull. Yeah, who did who did thunk, man? You almost think like maybe he was dead for a little while longer. I don't know. I feel that way with all of the recent deaths. And I think that some of the things, especially like as far back as the queen, where her death had a certain Delta to a certain Q drop and it was like 1776 and you know, yeah. things like that. I mean, 
it, it makes you wonder if some of the announcements are just when it is maximally convenient for the mathematical narratives, right? Um, yeah. Whatever that path is that we're on, <clears throat> algorithm, if you will. They're definitely maximizing the keck and the chaos in that mathematics of the universe. Um, but no, guys, hey, hook us up, right? Go down, all the guys in the chat, go give us a like. It helps us, um, you know, spread the message. It helps our algorithm. It helps us um, gain on the leaderboards. And then, you know, if you guys are looking for more ways to support Badlands Media, head over to badlandsmedia.tv and click on the support Badlands button or go straight to badlandsmedia.tv slash boost. Okay. You can now give us a Badlands boost, just like a Rumbles rant, only better. Support your favorite shows with a boost anytime. And even if you're not watching live, your donation will go directly to the Badlands with no middleman. So if you're watching this after hours, you guys can give us the boost. We appreciate it. Um, also, shop America First Companies at the Badlands shop. With every purchase, you'll be supporting Badlands Media and America First Business. Don't forget to become a Badlander. Opt in to be uh, alerted about the new shareable content uh, and be on our street team. And by all means, click on that thumb, right? Hook us up. Give us a, th give us a, a thumbs up and help your favorite Badland shows reach the top of those leaderboards. And um, yeah, we all thank you, right? Like you guys are here. You guys are part of the Frogs. You guys aren't watching CNN. Um, you guys aren't watching fake news. You guys aren't watching football. And you're here with us. And so we appreciate you guys hanging with us because... We're just a couple of frogs, um, you know, shit posting, shit talking, and trying to make sense of the crazy in this world. And Bitcoins is like 60K. So, like, we're good. I think we're, you know, um, we're still going to remain, remain humble. But, like, I just want to pose a question, too, right? I tweeted this out earlier, by the way. Hold cash. We can hold cash, right? You get the inflation tax. You're an income. Well, you get the income tax. You buy goods. There's a sales tax. You die, there's a death tax. You buy assets, well, there's a capital gains tax. If he cries, taxes, tears. Literally endless. Taxes develop into wars, biolabs, media, institutions. Ends up being full control. Bitcoin ends the endless. Bitcoin ends their control. And that's that's the like the most basic way you can put it. There's no, there's no way you simply just like opt out without some other system that you can latch onto, right? There's no other way for us to actually, as humanity worldwide, to break these chains of debt slavery. And that's just what it is. It's full on debt slavery. And we got a, we got a job to do, right? Humanity's got a job to do. We were given a weapon. Some of y'all ain't ready for that yet, but that's okay. When you are, we're here. At least we're still here now. I don't know how much longer we'll be here for Sean, but <laughs> you know, We'll see. Um, we'll see that how that how that works out. But you know, the time right now is to fight, dude. Like my red line hit a couple years ago. <laughs> totally. But I'm, I'm a peaceful, happy frog. I'm not gonna get violent. I'm gonna tell them to fuck off, and I'm gonna live my life. And I'm not gonna let anybody tell me how to do that. And I'm gonna forge a new path. And absolutely, know. like you okay. said the uh, the other week, you're on the path of natural law. And I think that there is a 90% solution in that path. If everyone was to just adhere to that path at, at a minimum, I think we'd get 90% of the way there. We'd still cuss and discuss over trivial things, I'm sure, as we move forward. But yeah, I mean, just go out, live your life, don't hurt people, and we're here for you. We're here for you with open arms. I'm, I'm with G. We're going to remain as humble as we've always been. And y'all, 
uh, whoever no coiners that are out there will consider us as toxic as we've ever been. Right. And you might even consider us more toxic as we go on. But, you know, that's just the way it is. And so I'm starting to consider, G, uh, are we nearing FOMO territory? Maybe another 13.5 thousand, maybe another 31.5 thousand. I mean, what, what level do you think? You know, 70, 90? I think like at 100K. The, like I 100K. haven't really gotten texts from my friends about, hey, like, how do I get some? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, usually right. you get, I mean, I'll get some stuff from my dad finally, but like, yeah, I'm still not getting the text saying, yo, gee, this Bitcoin thing. But I don't know. I think people are I'll be like, oh, it's up again, but it's going to go back down again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I think yeah, they're going to 40,000 again. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's going to lick it this time. I think it's going to lick it, John. Ooh, we're getting <laughs> close, man. Yeah. You were calling for 69, 420 on 420. Yeah. I think that's a, a really that's good my target. Birthday. Funny enough, that's my birthday, Sean. So yeah. if we can hit the having on my birthday, we hit 69. We hit, well, probably more than that, but. That would How be many 420 excellent. synchronicities would be there stacking? That would be pretty epic in terms of the, the chaotic energy, that universe, mimetic you know, uh, energy that we talk about. So yeah, let's let's do it, man. Let's get all the 420s on 420. Let's just uh, blow it away. 420 is also Donald Trump's initials. So yeah, special mm -hmm. day indeed. Plus we go full Kofefe with 3.125 rewards per block. Yeah. We get 13,500... Um, blocks per month and 450 coins per month um i'm sorry 450 coins per day 13,500 mm -hmm. per month um but no why don't we shade a lay with the sponsors and we'll come right back unless yeah, you got anything absolutely. else you got anything else no i'll just hit this uh rumble ramp from patrick manuel 62 uh says happy birthday pip looking for group for a magic number of 17 so thanks very much i appreciate everybody out there all the supporters of the show couldn't do it without you. And yeah, check out these sponsors. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product for my pillow towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Life is unpredictable. If we've learned anything these last four years, it's that. And while we can't possibly predict everything that might be thrown at us, we can prepare for it. Introducing two new emergency kits from The Wellness Company. The first aid emergency kit is for everything from sports activities to camping trips. Compact and convenient, this kit contains critical prescription medications and supplies that everyone should have on hand. The travel emergency kit is specifically designed for life on the go. Compact, lightweight, and loaded with essentials for any adventure. Whether it's a road trip, a hike, or just the unpredictability of daily life, you'll be ready. Next Level Readiness is at your fingertips with emergency kits from The Wellness Company. Stay one step ahead to have peace of mind for the unpredictable. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash TWC and use promo code BADLANDS for an exclusive 
10% discount. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash TWC promo code badlands. Yo, and we are back. So, hey, guys, help us out. Support the sponsors. They get, um, they allow us to do what we do here and, you know, troll the Anons, um, give some love to the frogs and, um, you know, smack the shit coiners on their arse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Patrick Manuel also said before he forgot, he's orange pilling his sister and she bought some corn on our boy Jack's cash app. They said it's cool. a great start. And so I just wanted to encourage him. It's a, it's a great start. Uh, next step, self-custody. But now that you've broken the ice and they've gotten some corn, uh, the rest of the orange pills go a lot easier. So good luck. I also wish you a happy birthday with a big old 17 tip there, Pip. That's yeah, cool. we, we did get that one. And, and thanks for hitting it again because uh, the signal is just real strong these days. You know, all these numbers uh, hitting all the time. So thanks, everybody. And then we got Maria Foreman just saying thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you, Maria. We appreciate that. And um yeah, so tonight's guest, I think, is going to be pretty good. We did have to do a pre-record, guys. Um, we did this earlier today, and so um, it, the recording won't be live, but we're still here live. We'll be on at the end, and we'll we'll continue this. Um, so let's get into the Dasting Dig, shall we, Sean? Absolutely. I'm excited for this one. Uh, thanks for pinch hitting. So yeah, you want intro, to intro us? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, tonight's guest is Mark Moss. If you guys are not following this gentleman, go to Twitter. It's at onemarkmoss.com. And um, funny enough, I've known this guy like 20 years. That's a crazy story, um, which we're going to talk about. But known him for a long time. He's also native in California like me. And um, I didn't even know he was in Bitcoin at, at first. And then I was like, oh, shit, your face is all over YouTube, bro. Like, holy shit, this is cool. <laughs> um, so he's on YouTube, guys. Go check out his channel. He takes a really cool macro view of a lot of things. And so he does a great job um, in that. Yeah, so he's go, awesome. Yeah, so go ahead and follow him on there. And I guess we will just um, cut to the um, to the uh, interview. Sean, you got anything else before that? No, uh, this will be a great interview. I'm interested to watch. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I'll be watching with everybody. Like you said, we'll be in the chat live. We'll hit all the Rumble rants, you know, when we get back. So, uh, you know, send them in. We'll uh, be looking at them. And yeah, I watched a lot of Mark Moss as I went down the rabbit hole. He taught me a lot about the economy, like you said, those those macro uh, yeah. things that we learn. It, it felt like being back in like I feel like being back in like elementary school or like you know uh, <laughs> right. an economic basic economics class in some sense. Yeah, you know? he's always got the green screen behind yeah. him on his yeah. YouTube and stuff. He's given like the powerpoints and stuff. So I mean, it's Never. great, and that's the way that I learned um, a lot of the things that I know now. So yeah, let's get into it. Cool. All right, let me go ahead. Welcome, welcome everybody. We are super honored to have our guest today, the great, the infamous Mark Moss. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Yeah, G Money. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. I know we've been trying to get this going, so excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. And so funny story, guys, but me and Mark actually go back like 20 plus years back in the days of when we were in our in our 20s, kind of yeah. going around touring the club scene and doing all that fun stuff. And so we didn't even know each other were in, into Bitcoin until a few years later. And so it's cool that we get to uh, we get to hang out and rap at these parties and these events and stuff. And it's kind of funny how the world just kind of kind of works itself out. But, um, you know, we always start the show off, Mark, with, you know, who do you think Satoshi Nakamoto is? There's a lot of drama over that lately. Who is your best guess for who is Satoshi? uh this is a question that obviously to, to your point a lot of talk going around I, i've been asked this question numerous times i was on a um actually a documentary um 
I, I don't really have a guess. I don't think there is somebody that I could identify as that person. Obviously, we know the other people around that. Like we saw the emails coming out with Hal Finney, um, Nick Zabo, Adam Back, et cetera. Um, but yeah, how, uh, who, who Satoshi Nakamoto is, man, I don't have the faintest. Probably the best explanation I had heard years ago, there was a story of, I forget the guy's name, but it was like some criminal mastermind. <laughs> and um, if you look at all his writing, he talks the way Satoshi did. He was into like computer programming. He was like an Austrian guy and he got locked up. I think he's like doing like life in prison, like right around the time, like Satoshi disappeared. That was like probably the best, uh, best one that I had heard. But man, Garrett, I, I wish I had an idea. I don't know who it is. And to be honest, one, it doesn't matter. And two, I actually think it's better that we never find out. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of have a different spin on that. We'll get into that maybe later and we'll present some evidence to you. You can kind of, you know, take a look at that. But the next thing we'd like to talk about too is, you know, explain your journey real quick. You know, the 40,000 foot view of how you got into Bitcoin. What was your journey? You know, I know you've been into other investments for a long time. You found it really early, right? You found it a lot earlier than most. And so Late, maybe- later, later than some and earlier than <laughs> er, earlier than some. Yeah. You know, I started my career. Um, in, in the internet stuff, doing internet stuff and real estate stuff. And I made a lot of money, did very, very, very well in, in multiple businesses and real estate, got wiped out in 2008. And that caused me to go, what the heck just happened? I, I'm pretty good at business. I made a lot of money, but what is this whole financial system that I'm not paying attention to? I better go figure that out. And so that really forced my attention into the financial system and the Federal Reserve. And that was 2008, 2009. So that was when Ron Paul was running on the whole, you know, in the Fed campaign. And I became a gold bug. I'm like, oh, okay, the fiat money system is the problem. Uh, we need to go back to a sound money system like gold. You know, I'm on board. Mike Maloney, Peter Schiff, like, let's do that. That's what we have to do. So I got I got really motivated because I lost everything. And I and I had I, I vowed to myself and my family that would never happen to me again. I'm gonna go figure this out. And so I just spent as much time as I could just figuring that part out. Like I said, gold bug. Um I uh, all, all, there's also the generals fight the last war and the whole PTSD. And so still being shell shocked of what happened in 2008, you know, and understanding now how the financial system worked, I kind of kept thinking we were going to see the same thing happen again. And, you know, I guess that was sort of my red pill moment. If you want to say that I started um, digging deep into my education and obviously I'd spent a lot of my education more on the business side, but now I'm spending a lot of time in my education on the financial system. And so I was investing into financial newsletters. Um, Porter Stansberry, shout out to you, who uh, I now get to talk to on a regular basis. He, he was very instrumental. Um, so Stansberry Research, a lot of different newsletters there. And I've been, I started reading a newsletter called Sovereign Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one before. Uh, but for everyone and anyone who's interested, you should. He's the one that kind of started, in my opinion, started this whole flag theory, if you will, um, which is multiple passports, right? That's flag theory. Um, and he would say, like, you wouldn't put all your money into one stock. So why would you have your whole life in one country? Hmm. And so the whole purpose of Sovereign Man is he writes about different areas that you can live and different tax jurisdictions and how you can get attorneys and all these things. And so I've been reading this and he's very instrumental in shaping my current worldview. Um, that's why I love the word sovereignty. And as a matter of fact, uh, I am going to speak at his mastermind in Mexico City here in a couple of weeks. I'm super excited about that. Uh, he doesn't know how instrumental he probably was. We've done a couple of shows together. Anyway, so I'm reading this and um, I, I, 
meanwhile, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm in tech, you know, early in the internet days, I sold a medical high tech equipment company. So I'm sort of a tech kind of investor guy. And I seen Bitcoin, you know, 2012, 2013 pops up on my radar. And I remember my partner at the time, he's like, dude, we should buy this thing. We should buy it. Look how fast it's going up. It's going up. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember it got to about a thousand dollars. I'm like, oh, maybe we should. And then it crashed and just crash right and then i was like ah okay whatever i never i never understood what it was i just saw that it was an asset speculative asset that was going up anyway fast forward back to uh, 2015 i'm working with in the sovereign man group and he connected me with an attorney in panama and i was in the process of setting up a trust in panama so i could get a bank account and if i put money in the bank account i could work on getting my my visa there right and uh what i was actually trying to achieve though was i was trying to get money out of the us banking system that's actually what i was trying to achieve because again i didn't want all my wealth in one jurisdiction i wanted i'm figure the digital age i mean it can be in hong kong or panama whatever it doesn't matter so in the process of doing this i've got the attorney engaged i was in costa rica with my family we we're going to go to panama after and i just took a look at it and i was like Actually, this is sort of the same thing that I'm trying to do. It's just the way that I can get money out of the banking system. I was like, yeah. yeah. So that was that was the first light bulb that came on for me. I saw it as a speculative yeah. asset. It crashed in front of my eyes. I wasn't interested. But as I took another look, this is one reason why we need repetition, because we hear things differently from different people, and we're at different stages in our life to take them in differently. So at that point, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is actually what I'm trying to achieve. It's a shortcut. I don't need to do the whole Panama thing. So anyway, I ended up not going to Panama. I ended up putting money into Bitcoin and it was like 300 bucks at the time. And, you know, so that, that was it. And it was a way to get out of the banking system. Yeah. Of course, once you put money into it, you start paying attention. What the heck is going on? I better figure out more about this thing. And as I started digging in, all of a sudden, light bulbs went on. Because remember, I was a Ron Paul in the Fed sound money advocate. All of a sudden, light bulbs went on. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, this is the tool of how we win. This, yeah. this is our tool now. And it, and, it, and it happened very quickly for me because of my mindset was already super pro freedom, already super anti-establishment. You know, I grew up in SoCal in the punk rock scene. So already super anti-authoritarianism, but again, shell shocked from the banking system, being a gold bug, uh, understanding libertarianism and, and gold standard and knowing that was never going to work. And when I saw this, it was like hope and not just hope, like yet yeah, we have something now, right? No more like libertarians, like, praying and hoping that something happens. So then I was like, well, I better tell everybody I know about this. And so I did. And so I started telling people I knew about it. Um, then I found out that it wasn't Bitcoin that was revolutionary, it was blockchain. That was the revolution was the blockchain. So then I was on the crypto bandwagon. I started writing a cryptocurrency newsletter from 2016 to 2019. Every month I'd publish 20, 25 pages on DEXs or privacy coins or whatever it was. Um, buy XRP, which I told people to do at, seven, <laughs> at 17 cents. We bought it at 17 cents. We sold at 325. Did pretty good. Um, but in 2019, after publishing over a thousand pages of research on every crypto project that was out there, I just realized, you know what? No, no, none of this is worth anything. I'm just Bitcoin only. And so I've just been Bitcoin only ever since. I love it. I love it. Such a great story because it's kind of like you go through that fight or flight syndrome to where you want to protect your energy as a human. And so you're looking for ways to like other countries, other, but you want to be sovereign, but you're like fight or flight. Like how do I, you know, avoid being um, exploited through this financial system that we all have to deal with? And so, um, no, it's a cool story. And it, it helps people in their journey because, you know, as we get closer and closer, we had another bank kind of drop 20% today. You know, we're a year out from the Silicon Valley bank collapse. So we may see another partial collapse of our banking system. And that's going to just further along people's fight or flight to figure out, hey, how do I protect myself in these times of uncertainty? 
and so another thing I love that you do is you, you, you provide a great macro environment for people and you've, you've done an awesome job on YouTube. I think you've got like, I don't know how many millions of views on YouTube, but you're killing it. So Patriot, we appreciate what you're doing there. Between uh, the, I, between the podcast and the YouTube, we're at a, a hundred million views. That's so rad. It's <laughs> pretty so big, cool. pretty big. When you think I, about I it. remember when I was looking up Bitcoin back when I was on my journey. And then like after a year or so, I was like, holy shit, I know that dude. Wait, we used to hang out <laughs> yeah. and talk to him like five years. I'm like, Mark, yo, what's yeah. going on? Uh, so funny. But anyways, I brought up this one of these tweets. Okay. And so you talk a lot about these revolutionary cycles. We've got the political revolution. We've got the financial revolution. We have the technology revolution. And we're kind of converging now on this timeline that you always talk about. Do you want to give our audience a brief intro or at least an overview of what that revolutionary time period thesis you talk about is? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from a high level, um, if you look through the long lens of history, you see that even though things change, they stay the same. And so we don't really go through life linearly. It's actually exponential. But even though we're trending on an exponential trend, like I said, we kind of repeat the same things. That's because we have human nature, right? And so humans take things too far. They overcorrect and they go too far and they overcorrect and they go too far. And so it's like these pendulums that swing back and forth that cause these cycles. And what we can see when we look back through thousands of years of history, we can see several things. And um, I think that in order to understand Bitcoin and understand money, uh, and understand the game of wealth, understand life in general, you have to understand multiple disciplines. And this is where a lot of people, a lot of super, super, super smart people, way smarter than me, fail to get certain topics like Bitcoin, for example, is because they're so smart in one particular topic, but they don't have the other disciplines to actually have it make sense. Um, and I think that's sort of the way that I look at it. Like if you look at like Ray Dalio's books, for example, I mean, he's way smarter than I'll ever be. He's probably spent hundreds of millions of dollars of research for his books, but like, um, he's completely left out the technology piece. So he talks about the money cycles. He talks about even the political cycles, like I talk about, but he left out the technology piece. And if you look back to thousands of years of history, you see it's actually technology that changes the world. And so like, that's a pretty glaring uh, miss that he left that out. Peter Zion, sort of same thing in his last book, doesn't talk about the technology at all. I had him on my show. We got to talk about it, but he's very dismissive about it. So anyway, I think you have to look at the whole picture the holistic picture to understand a complex system. So anyway, um, I like to look at the political cycles, the, the, the financial cycles and the technology cycles in combination. So, um, we have small cycles, big cycles, about every 84 years, we have what's called the political uh, regime change, put a little up, uprising cycle. 84 years ago, it was into World War II, Hitler, Mussolini, the you know FDR's New Deal in the United States. 84 years before that, Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto, led to the large, largest uh, revolution in European history. 84 years before that was the American Revolution, the French Revolution. Three times 84, if you know much about, you know, technical analysis, double, uh, triple tops, triple bottoms. They're very strong. So three times 84 equals 252. So the 250 year cycle is the big one. And about every 250 years, the world swings back and forth from centralization to decentralization. And so, uh, right now we're peaking out at peak centralization, world economic forum, UN, uh, you know, WHO global pandemic treaty. I mean, you, you know, you name it, but at the same time, that's all falling apart. It's being rejected. So the pendulum's peaking there, but we can see the world is rejecting it and it's starting to break apart. 250 years on a cycle was the American French revolution. 250 years before that was the Protestant reformation, right? We can, we can just kind of keep going back through history. So that's the political revolution cycle. I think that one's the kind of the most important for where 
Well, they're all important. So that's a, that's an important lens. Then then on an 80 year time frame, we have these uh, financial revolution cycles. So about 80 years ago, the entire world's financial system changed. We had the Bretton Woods Agreement, uh, right? And uh, I have charts that show like every 80 years kind of what happens. And this goes along. Ray Dalio talks about this in his book, um, which is the kind of long term debt cycle that he talks about. Um, we know that the IMF, Christina Georgina, called for a Bretton Woods II agreement uh, two years ago. So the world, uh, the BRICS are trying to come up with a new financial system. So we see that turmoil going on. Um, and then about every 50 years, we have these technological revolution cycles. Um, the difference with the technological technological revolution cycle, uh, as opposed to just the technology, is it's a, it's a cluster of technologies that drastically change the way the world uh, as we know it. Um, and then, you know, for the investors in us, more importantly, they drive financial markets. And so what's dominated the markets for the last 50 years as I mean, what's holding the markets up right now is tech, right? Yep. It, what's driven the markets for the last few years has been telecom, internet, and technology. What drove it before that was Ford, GM, GE. What drove it before that was like oil and steel. And so each of these revolutions drive financial markets. So that's sort of the thing. Now, the, the key piece is that those are three different cycles, um, three different disciplines, if you will, three different three different time frames, 50, 80, and 250. But yet all three are converging right now, which is why I think the world is just so much more crazy than we've kind of ever seen in history. Um, we know that it's technology that drive that changes the world right now. So what is going to be like? I mean, was about 250 years ago, 247, right? And it was also a leap year, funny enough. And so we're in a leap year and we're in leap day today. So lots of coincidences kind of piling up there. But no, I love how you talk about those pendulums of these revolutionary cycles driven through technology. And so now we've got this new technology revolution with AI and everything happening. And so change happens exponentially fast. Uh, faster than I believe the central bankers will be able to come up with a solution before Bitcoin actually kind of kind of closes this out. Um, well, that's that's what uh, in the book, The Fourth Turning, um, yeah. they talk about the 80 year cycle. So I talked about three times 80, 84. I mean, none of these are like hard and fast on the day. Yeah, yeah. They call it an 80 year cycle. I call it an 84 year cycle, whatever. Uh, but they talk about uh, four 20 year periods within the 80 year cycle. So, again, there's cycles all the way down. Um, and it's the fourth turning the fourth cycle is where all the change happens and it goes back to the lenin quote which is um, there's decades where nothing seems to happen and there's days where decades seem to happen and so we're in that final stage where <laughs> as you're as, as you're saying right the change is happening so fast there's no way to keep up with it but it's also part because of the technology uh the quote says that there's uh no no standing army is uh matt can match a good idea whose time has come and so like back to 500 years ago the last 250 year cycle brought us to centralization. The 250 year before that led us to decentralization, which was the Protestant Reformation. And the church and the state had like this central power, central monopoly over the world, um, the, the, the European, European world, the known world at the time. And it was technology that came out 70 years earlier, which was the printing press um, that disseminated that information and allowed the people to get the information and say, hey, church or state, you're lying to us. This isn't what it, the Bible says. Like we can read this for ourselves now and we don't need to go through you, the church. We can go directly to God, decentralized instead of centralized. Now, the church didn't like that. Um, like all power structures, they have to control the narrative in order to maintain power. And so if they can't control that narrative because now people can go for themselves, they knew they would lose power. So they labeled everybody a heretic it was called heresy if you spoke out against it and they, they would they would punish you by death uh, i don't have the data i'm guessing hundreds of thousands if not maybe millions of people were, were were murdered because of that but they couldn't stop it 
Yeah. And so going back to the point that you made about the central banks and the government, can they stop it? It's like, no, you, you can't, <laughs> you can't stop something that's a thousand times better. It just yeah. doesn't, it just, it's just un, 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 impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so another thing that I love about what you always promote and talk about, you've got this energetic like mindset of guys, you have to create value. Now, what I think a lot of Bitcoiners do is they get paralyzed thinking, Hey, I just need to buy Bitcoin and just wait and do nothing. Right. And just relax. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, there's such, there's so much like beautiful, there's so much beauty out there that we can build and value in, in this new world built upon a Bitcoin standard. And I think a lot of Bitcoiners just kind of chill out and it's like, no guys, like go out and build something of value, right? Like you're not just going to be able to sit there and just chill. Um, and so, you know, you've got this, 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 this tweet that you put up there and I love it because it talks about, you know, the world is built by the doers, the builders and those in the arena. Had a call with Jeff Booth today discussing building the world we want. While it's important to know the problems to come up with solutions, but then head down and build, you know? And so I, I love that you have this like call to action, right? Because, you know, sitting on your stash over three years, like that was a rough bear market. What did you do over those three years, right? Did, were you building during that bear market or in stacking or, or were you just like waiting for a number to go up? And so you've got a great business mind, maybe give our audience like a tidbit or, or kind of, you know, what you're doing, what you offer, what, what they can think about in terms of like, no, not just chilling back, like how much of their Bitcoin should they spend and invest in a business, right? Like, don't just sit there and hold it all, maybe spend some of it and provide value, come up with an idea. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And, and thanks for bringing that up. You know, what I was doing in the bear market is what I always do in the bear market, which is build. I mean, that's where the, that's where the gains are made in the bear market, not the bull market. Um, it it kind of goes with the, with the investing adage of, you know, invest when there's blood in the streets. And so that's when we want to build. Um, I have been an advisor uh, and an, an investor and an advisor uh, for Trammell Venture Partners, which is a venture capital, Bitcoin only venture capital fund. Um, and during the bear market, I launched a new fund called the Bitcoin Opportunity Fund. Um, and we're actively raising and then deploying capital into businesses that are building in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And we launched it in the bear market, which was <laughs> crazy difficult, man. Uh, all these other funds, 1031, you know, Jeff Booth, I shout out to him, uh, Ego Death. You know, they raised money in the bull market, which was super easy. Uh, we had to do it in the bear market. It was, it was painfully difficult. But yeah, we were actively raising money and we were actively deploying money into these Bitcoin companies to build the world that we want. We put our money where our mouth is. We put our time, effort, energy and reputation where our mouth is and we build. Um, you know, I am uh, the point of that tweet right there was I said, uh, hey, it's important to understand the dangers. But like once you understand it, like put your head down and just focus on building the world that you want. Because what happens is, is I get, uh, you know, I've done plenty of videos talking about the world that I can look for and, you know, all the CBDCs and all this stuff. I've started to pull back on a lot of that type of content because I've realized that it's attracted a lot of people that I don't like. Hmm. I actually did a, like a live stream on my Instagram last week and I said, hey, look, stop following me. Like it's attracted this, these victim mentality mindset mm -hmm. people. I'll never get ahead. What's the point? I'm going to own nothing and be happy anyway. Right? Like we're never going to be able to do it because there's some external force that's out there. But as I said in the tweet, and that was kind of the thing, it's like, look, the world is not built by those psychopaths. They do not provide any value. They're blood sucking, right? They're, yeah, they're parasites. parasites. Yeah. They do not build the world. We do. We're the builders and it's our responsibility to build the world that we want. Their responsibility is to try to suck off as much as they can without killing us. But we don't have, 
it's important to understand the attack vectors. And that, and that was kind of the point. Like, I'm not saying to ignore it, like put your head in the, in the sand like an ostrich and pretend it's not happening. Ayn Rand says that uh, you can choose to ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of reality. I say that if you, I say that you can put your head in, in the sand like an ostrich, but it doesn't keep the ostrich from getting eaten. Right. And so like, I want to know the attack vectors, but I don't want to spend any more time on that than I have to. Other than that, like I'm building, I'm, I'm extremely bullish on what happens when millions of entrepreneurs or backs are against the wall, because we're the, we're the men in the arena that comes from the, uh, was it uh, Teddy Roosevelt quote? I don't know if you know that one, the man in the arena. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's not the critic that counts. He says, uh, he says not the critic that counts. It's not the ones um, throwing insults. It's the one in the arena. It's yeah. the man that's down there doing getting their it, hands dirty, getting no, their 100%. hands dirty. And so that's us. So, so anyway, that's what we were doing. We were building. And, and my challenge is to everybody, um, and to answer your question about, you know, how much time, effort, energy, and money should we think about, um, I think about it like this, and I would imagine you would agree with me because I know you're, you're pretty, uh, pretty vigilant in, in this way, but like, you know, our founding fathers, you mentioned the revolutionary war, our founding fathers, they, they risked everything. And sure, we know a handful of their names, but the majority of people we never knew about, and they lost all their fortune and they lost their lives. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. We don't have that. Like that's not our calling at this point in life anyway. Hopefully we don't mm -hmm. get there. I don't think we will, but, um, I may have to sacrifice some of my time. I may have to be willing to sacrifice some of my money. Mm -hmm. And, and part of that is because everybody is like, why would I ever invest into a Bitcoin company? Why would I invest into one of your funds? I'll just buy Bitcoin. Right. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Um, I I'm going to get a better rate of return on my Bitcoin <laughs> by holding it. And it's like, okay, but like, maybe you would be willing to even sacrifice some of that money in order yeah. to see that world get built exactly. because the built, the world is built by the dreamers. I mean, it's built by the doers, but it's built by the dreamers. And part of the talk, I gave a keynote at both, uh, BitBlock Boom and at, and at Pack Bitcoin. And I was talking about the different stages of capital. And so I kind of used the analogy of the car, right? You built Henry Ford created the car, but if there's no roads or gas stations to drive on the car, does you no good one but two the people that built those um, gas stations and roads they had to spend that time effort energy and money without even having cars to drive on them or go and so somebody had to speculate somebody had to spend that money i mean think about the late 90s all those all that capital that was deployed in the internet companies that went that went up in flames but it was that that led to the next stage that that brought us to where we're at today so that's kind of how I think about it. That's my challenge. I think everybody's so focused on making more U.S. dollars, which is kind of <laughs> crazy. Most of those people are in crypto, not in Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. But I found, unfortunately, I found that Bitcoin has turned, and I, I, I'm sure it's a small ecosystem. I hope so. But it seems like a dominant voice in Bitcoin has turned very anti-capitalist. Hmm. Um, I had a, I, a Jimmy song. I consider him a, a good friend. I, I really like him and I really appreciate his viewpoint, but you know, we've had many debates about, he thinks that it's crazy for people to invest any kind of money. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, it's cool. like, you know, and, and you talk about this other stuff too, is about building a parallel system because you're not going to fight the power structures through the actual current structure. You have to just build things around them and do things that is, is in your own interest and build your own networks that go around that system. Yeah. Again, and, and, and again, right. The, the government, uh, they're, they're parasites and they try to leech off of the productive class. And so we, we, you and I builders, entrepreneurs, like we're again, building that world that we want and we outpace them. They're always playing catch up. 
And so we, so like, like right now, Elizabeth Warren is like on the warpath trying to figure out how she can regulate this because we're so far out in front of this and we can continue to stay multiple steps out in front of them. And so, yes, it's scary. And yes, I have kids. And that was partly that changed my viewpoint is, is understanding the world that my kids are going to have. Uh, but, but again, yes, it's dangerous and yes, it's scary. And yes, I can sit here and talk about all the bad things that are happening here. Um, or, um, as a matter of fact, I put it on my Instagram um, last week, I think Thursday, Friday, I said, unsuccessful people think the game is rigged against them. Successful people realize the game is rigged and learn how to play the game. And so like, we can just see these things and we can just learn to play the game and, and we can stay ahead. And uh, that's my hope to, to sort of uh, challenge and motivate everybody. I love it. I love it. And so just give us an example. If you've got like 100K saved, right? And you've got 100 grand in the bank or something, you've got a couple of Bitcoin or you've got some money you want to play with. What do you what do you suggest to people to invest in a business? Like what, what percentage are you actively deploying as capital, right? Like what can you give us a range of what, what you recommend to people or what you think is best? Yeah, uh, I I would love to. Let's run through some scenarios. I mean, the, the answer is obviously it depends, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that... What the way I would think about it, you said you said a hundred gram. So let's say you have a hundred dollar, hundred thousand dollars of investable net worth. I think about things in terms of percentages mm -hmm. and not um, total dollar amount. So whether you have ten grand, a hundred grand, a hundred million, it's different. Now, obviously, in order to get into funds like I, I have the Bitcoin Opportunity Fund, you have to be an accredited investor. So uh, means you have to have more than a hundred thousand. Um, that's the SEC. That one, it's the it, well, it's all the SEC's fault. Um, they say that there's, uh, you know, accredited, accredited rules there, but it's also because to set up a fund, it's so expensive to do it. The amount of paperwork that has to be done that in order for us to even onboard somebody, if you bring in less than a hundred thousand dollars into the fund, we can't make enough money to even offset the cost yeah. to have you. Right. It's crazy. So yeah. it's like, even if there weren't the rules, like we couldn't even have you come in with less than a hundred thousand because we can't even profit off of that. It's just, it's just insane. Anyway. Um, so let's, let, let's say that you have a, a bigger portfolio, but let's just start with a hundred thousand. Okay. So the way I'd probably think about it is, um, one, you want to divide that into, I think about it in four buckets. Okay. So bucket number one is I'm investing for growth. I want that money to grow. I want it to be a dollar today and three or four dollars in a couple of years from now. Then I have another bucket that will be like cash flow. I think everybody should be investing for cash flow because mm -hmm. what what traditional legacy education and finance tells you is to save for retirement. That's a broken model. Half of baby boomers today have no money. It doesn't work. We know it doesn't work because it, it didn't. We know it will never work because how would it make sense that you could save 10% of your money for 30 years and then retire off 90% for 30 years? Like the math like would never work. Um, and we don't want to live off savings. We want to live off cash flow. So everyone should be focusing on cash flow right now, even with a small amount. I think everyone should focus on that. The third bucket is you should keep cash. And I know we're talking about Bitcoin. I also believe in having cash, partly because of what happened to me in 2008. I sleep good knowing I have cash. It diversifies my risk. It also allows me to take advantage of opportunities that come up. And then the third and final bucket, uh, I'm sorry, the fourth and final bucket would be um, what I figure would be chaos hedges. So these might be shorts against the market. These could be gold. Um, these could be options and things like that. So those are the four buckets. I think about my wealth like a, like a soccer team. Think about a World Cup mm -hmm. soccer team. I have my offense. I have my midfield. I have my defenders. And I have my bench. Love that. Okay. So the bench is my cash. 
The offense is my growth. The midfield is my cash flow, and the defenders are my defensive positions. Now, the it's now those are my four buckets. Now, what are the percentages that I allocate to those four? Mm -hmm. So, if the ball is in the in the defender's goal, my offense, most of my team is in offense, but I'm going to keep a few people back just in case. <laughs> now, if the ball is in my goal, then most of my team is defense and I'll keep a few people ahead. All right. This is sort of drafted off Ray Dalio's all weather portfolio. He calls it. There's four, there's four different economic environments. And depending on which of those four environments we're in determines what percentage of my team is in offense or defense. Now, getting back to how much we should be put into Bitcoin and how much we put into these funds. So of my, I, of, of that growth pillar. Now let's say that I want to put 50% into growth. Okay. So now that's uh, at a hundred thousand, that's 50,000. Now, how do I want to divide that up? Maybe I want 50% of that to be in Bitcoin. Okay. So I could take, again, this is all percentages. I want 50% of that to be in Bitcoin. So now I got 25 grand in Bitcoin. Um, and then, of that, I might say five or 10% of it goes into like some venture cap stuff, mm -hmm. early stage round stuff, because it's all still based off of Bitcoin, but you get the extra risk and reward, the extra alpha from betting on the companies building in Bitcoin. Yep. So I would put a small percentage if, uh, to, to, to make this even more simple. Um, I would probably for just Bitcoin in a total portfolio, I think, you know, right now people are saying, you know, most financial advisors are telling you probably two to 5% allocation. I think a 30 to 40% allocation is much better. I would probably put about, you know, three to 5% in like a venture cap type deal. And I might put like uh six to 8% in more of fun, like the Bitcoin opportunity fund is a little bit less risk. So small percentages, small mm -hmm. wins. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. No, I love that. And, um, you know, thinking strategically like that soccer team, that's, a, that's such a cool example of how people should think about their wealth instead of like 60, 40 portfolios and living off your savings and, um, you know, just that extra cash flow coming in. And so, you know, we're in a weird spot because, you know, I have kids that are going into college. I think you have some, some children that are going into college. And, you know, there, there's a lot of people trying to make decisions out there. Like, do we spend the money on going to college? or should, Maybe we buy a small business and go into like a trade or something. And it seems like there's so many baby boomers that are retiring that there's these cash cow businesses out there that people should seriously consider maybe doing trade and buying a business versus like just going to school, you know? And so it's, it's a lot of decisions that I think people are toying with because the, the education system has failed. Um, any thoughts on, yeah. on that, on those ideas as well? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I know you came to my events, the market disruptors live events. Um, Cody Sanchez was, uh, she, you know, she's a friend. I have her, I had her speak at both of them and her whole thing is don't build a business, go buy a business. Right. Yeah. And I think that's good advice. Generally. I think it's very bad advice for a lot of people though, yeah. because most businesses fail. Yeah. And what happens is when you start a business, you sort of cut your teeth and learn as you're going. But if you buy a business, you're jumping right into the deep end on that thing. <laughs> and I don't think most people have, one, the skills necessary, but two, the mental capacity, the staying power to deal with that. So a lot of people might be the deep end of the pool they shouldn't be jumping into. Um, I personally, yes, I do think, hey, skip college and start a business, 100% yes. I like starting service-based businesses. So one, learn a high-value skill. You mentioned a trade skill. The way I think about this is that you know, especially in the day of AI and things like that, like, dude, like plumbers are making good money right now, right? <laughs> yeah, like are. really good money. They're in demand. So you think of trades as like 
framers and roofers and fence builders and welders and plumbers and all those things. So if I wanted to build this building right here, I would bring in trades. Yeah, electrician, okay. we, yep, whole thing. Electrician. But we have other trades because we're in the digital age today. So if I wanted to build a business, I also hire trades. They just happen to be paid ad guys or video editors or copywriters or high ticket salespeople. So they're also trades. And so I think people should expand their mind as to what they consider trades. Trades are gig work. Trades mm -hmm. are specialty workers that work on gigs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to weld and now I do welding for whoever I want. Mm -hmm. I learned how to run Facebook ads. I run Facebook ads for whoever I want. And so I just think most people should expand their mind as to what trades are in the digital age. Yeah. Uh, we can acquire these digital trades, these digital skills much easier, faster and cheaper than we can old school skills. Um, I like them better because we started this uh, originally talking about sovereignty. To me, sovereignty means that I have the right to direct my own life in the way that I want to. Basically, it means that I'm free of coercion. You know, coercion is what the state does, which is take the jab or lose your job. Right. Yeah. And uh, I am like, F you, I'm not doing either because either of those choices you've given me lead to your ends. Yep. So I yep. want, I want to be able to make my own choices. And so, um, being able to be, um, there's a term that I was, I learned from uh, Tim Ferriss and it, I use it all the time. The new rich, the new rich are those that control time and place. The old rich wanted money. Mm -hmm. The new rich want time and location. And so I don't, you know, for me, I don't want to be a welder or a roofer because I'm now I don't have freedom of time or location. I have to be at that job site. But if I am a copywriter, a high ticket phone salesperson, a paid ads guy, I now have freedom of both time and place. And so that that helps me be free mm -hmm. of coercion. So if California wants to lock me down, down again, cool. I'll be in uh, Playa del Carmen. I'll be in Tulum working on my laptop. Oh, yep. Playa del Carmen wants to lock down. Cool. Then I'll be in Serbia working for my lap. Like, and yep. so I think in today's day and age, we should use digital trades and, um, and, and that helps us kind of with that sovereignty piece. Awesome. That's, that's great advice guys. Um, all right. I'll, now we're I'll hit on, I'll hit on one other thing. I mean, unless you had another question to jump into, but you mentioned cash flow, and, yep. um, I did a video a couple of years ago of how to retire off of Bitcoin and I'm working on a 2.0 version of it right now. And I'm putting out a free report and guide and calculator. It'll probably be out next week on exactly how to do this. And so most people think about Bitcoin as like this, like, um, asset that just sits there. And at some point I have to sell it, but it can actually be a cash flowing asset as well. You want to break that down? Yeah, let's do it. I would love okay. to hear that. So I put on Twitter earlier today, <laughs> Uh, as I was thinking, it kind of went a little bit, a little bit viral for me. Uh, I didn't really think it was just off the cuff thing as I was thinking, as I was walking out of the gym this morning, pull it up here. And it, I just said, um, oh, here, when someone asked me, when will I sell my Bitcoin? I just think they have no idea how to play the game of building wealth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I did see that today. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so like. So like, what does that mean, right? Yeah, what does that and, mean? And, and, and how does that work into what I'm talking about? Okay, so most people have no idea the game that we're playing, which is, which is of course, no, no doubt because we haven't been taught the game of money. We haven't been taught how the financial system works and, and we can say, you know, is that intentional or not? But either way, we weren't taught. If I came over to your house, Garrett, and I'm like, hey, let's play a game. You're like, cool. What is this game? What's the objective of the game? What are the rules of the game? Who are the other players of the game? And all these things. And then you can formulate a strategy. 
right yeah. now if i've been playing the game for like a year and it's the first time you've played it i'll probably beat you because i've learned different strategies of how to play quicker and, and you haven't figured it out yet okay well the game that we're all playing in the game of building wealth i specified in that tweet in the game of building wealth most people have no idea what game we're playing so when somebody asks me when will you sell your bitcoin you don't understand the game you see <laughs> the game is to acquire assets not cash Right. So the goal is, is that I work, I create value. I have high value skills. I put them into the marketplace, provide value, and I earn back money. I take the money and I turn it into assets. Think about the game Monopoly. Yep. I go around the board. Hard I, place. Make I, make two, I make $200 and I buy assets. Right. Mm -hmm. I use the cash flow from those assets when people land on them and I buy more assets. I don't sell them. There's no point in the game where you sell your assets, right? The goal is to accumulate the most. The game of life, you play it with your kids. It's super simple. And that's what it is. So when someone says, hey, when do we say your, your Bitcoin? You don't understand the game. <laughs> because at the end, I have, everyone should look at their statements. I should look at my profit and loss statement. That's how much income did I have? How much expense did I have? I should look at my statement of cash flows. Where did my money go? And then I should look at my balance sheet. My balance sheet is my scorecard. What are my assets? And my goal is throughout my life in order to build in the game of building well, to build those assets up over time, not to get more cash. Now, what type of assets do we want to buy over time? Well, we want to buy, there's three types of assets, scarce assets, energy intensive assets, and non-scarce and non-energy intensive assets. So we mostly want to buy scarce assets. Bitcoin, of course, never be more than 21 million, the most scarce asset there is. Waterfront property, beachfront property, fine art, old cars, collectibles, things rare like that. Rare Pepe's? Rare Pepe's. <laughs> uh, the, 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 those collectibles will go up multiple times more than inflation. An example, U.S. median real estate is a perfect proxy for inflation. Austin's been the fastest growing city in the United States for 20 years. Austin real estate went up about 40%. The money supply increased by about 40%. In Austin, there's a lake called Lake Travis. There's only so many homes on the actual water in Lake Travis, and those homes went up by 200%. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's the difference of a scarce asset versus a non-scarce asset. So we want to buy scarce assets. Then the goal is to never sell those assets. The goal is to get more of those assets. The goal, if you're like the Rockefellers is to let my kids have those assets and teach them to build on those. And my grandkids build on those. If my great grandfather had bought eight city blocks of downtown Los Angeles, when would have been the right time to sell those blocks? Never, <laughs> never, never. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, so, so now we've established that. So now how do we retire off of an asset that we never sell? Well, it's a layered strategy, and again, this is if you've been playing the game for a long time, if you're a Michael Saylor level player, this is how you play the game. And just look what he's doing. Yeah. He's he's built a business. He's leveraged debt against the Bitcoin. All right. So most people in the Bitcoin space have no idea. I did a show earlier today with uh, um, with uh, Andy Edstrom and uh, Jesse uh, Croatius and um they're both like financial advisors, like both super, super smart. And they had no idea of this because they're in the camp that debt is bad. We shouldn't use debt. But here's the problem, Garrett. The game that we're playing, like it or not, I want to change the game. I want to go back to an Austrian system. I want to be on a Bitcoin standard, a gold standard, at least something. But that's not the world we're in. We're playing a different game. We are in a debt-based monetary system. Money is created through debt. So if I want to build wealth, I do it with debt. That's right. how Donald Trump built his empire. That's how Grant Cardone built his empire. It's how Robert Kiyosaki built. You do it through money is created through debt. I have to yep. use debt. So 
I buy the asset and then I never sell it. If I need capital, I can borrow against it. Mm -hmm. All right. So in this, uh, how do you retire off of Bitcoin? Uh, I have this calculator so you can basically plug in how much Bitcoin you have. I've projected out what I think potentially returns could be. Obviously, it's pure speculation, but I wrote in like three good years, one bad year, three good years, one bad year. I kind of and I kind of um, lower down the expected returns. And again, it's it's speculative per some of the um, projections of price points of where Bitcoin could be. It's actually very conservative, like Fidelity, for example, says that Bitcoin could be um, billion dollars by like 2048 <laughs> um i have a video that's dropping well it just dropped 20 minutes ago um that bitcoin could be 43 billion Jeez. once it re once it reprices <laughs> assets right yeah, anyway yeah. so it's pretty conservative from that perspective but basically if you put a hundred thousand dollars in bitcoin today and you waited i think it was five years basically every year you would borrow 10 percent of your bitcoin stack Okay. And that debt is tax free. Yeah. So now I have that money I can live off of the next year. I borrow another 10%. Some of that money goes to pay off the old debt. And then I live off the free cash flow. The next year I borrow another 10%. Now, again, it, it, it ranges. Sometimes it drops as low as 6%. Sometimes it goes up to like 12 or 14%, but it's roughly about 10% per year. And so the risk is very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chance of it dropping more than 90% is, is, is very low, uh, and you can manage that on your own. But basically, I, I projected out over 20 years, and you can go anywhere from like, um, you start by pulling about 100 grand a year. At the end of 20 years, you're pulling about 200 grand a year because, of course, inflation. Uh, but you never leverage more than like 10% of your stack, mm -hmm. um, and you die with debt. That's the goal. Yeah. Die with debt. Die with debt. I love that. Die with die with debt, with banker debt. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get back into some of the other stuff you're talking about. We're on Rumble. We can talk about stuff. We're not going to get kicked off. Um, right. You know, we can talk about, you know, the election fraud. We can talk about the COVID stuff. You know, you were a big um, advocate for, um, you know, not taking the vaccine. You were, you know, out there um, talking about, you know, how corrupt everything was. We, of course, live in Heck California, yeah. which, you know, they shut us down. They shut small businesses down. And so we're kind of in this really weird place because, you know, there is this side of us that says, oh, we're just going to play the game and like the game's rigged and we got to like outsmart the game. But like also like I think that's kind of nihilism, too. Right. Like thinking this system is going to last forever. Like I think we, we have, as we build these new parallel systems, we're going to break that old system. Right. Because we're creating this new system and eventually they're not going to catch up. And the corruption and stuff is just going to be able, basically broken. And so I, I brought a couple things up that you tweeted because, you know, this is on signal. Right. And it says we do not consent. And you're talking about the great job for the Texas blockchain and everyone involved to push back on the never creep of government overreach. A government's legitimacy and moral right to use state power is justified and lawful only when consented to by the people or society over which that political power is exercised. Now, this is huge. OK, because we talk a lot about this in the show. Okay, We talk a lot about software. We talk a lot about consent of the governed. OK, because power derives its you know, governments derive its power from consent. Okay. Now I'm going to hit you with this thing because we've talked about this before. I know we've debated it at your ranch and we're going to bring it up because I think it's, I think it's important. Okay. Not this one. Actually, I brought up the wrong one. Um, so anyways, I'm going to play this clip. I want you to listen to it. We have an army of digital soldiers. What we are now, what, what we call, I call them because this was an insurgency folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest. In regards to special operations, okay, the term mm -hmm. coin 
is actually short for counterinsurgency. And mm -hmm. it is defined as a comprehensive civilian and military effort taken to simultaneously defeat and contain insurgency and address its root causes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bit equals digital. Digital soldiers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Coin technically is counterinsurgency. This was an insurgency. Per the mm -hmm. U.S. Counterinsurgency Guide. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is digital counterinsurgency operation meant to address the root causes of the fiat cartel. Digital soldiers. This was an insurgency. And if you find mm -hmm. this funny enough, this U.S. counterinsurgency guide was put out the same date as the Genesis block, January mm -hmm. 2009. Okay, so we get a little conspiracy here, a little bit, right? Uh, but, you know, there's a legitimate open source intel that would say, you know, the battle between legitimacy, um, the battle between consent, right, is, um, you know, I'm sorry, the battle between insurgency and counterinsurgency, like the definition, is basically a battle over legitimacy, okay? Legitimacy, right, if we give, if we say Joe Biden is legitimate, right, we are giving our consent to that, to that power structure, to that tyranny. Right, because we we are consenting to that tyranny. Now, in this battle, we are dealing with a currency that is really not legitimate in in its pure essence, because they printed out of thin air. We don't know where it comes from. Whereas Bitcoin, we can all verify it. it's legitimate. We can all verify on the ledger it sits there. And you know, I guess my question to you is, you know, what are our options? You know, how I mean, you know, they can just levy a new tax if Bitcoin goes to you know hundred hundred million dollars a coin. You know what? Bitcoin tax is now 90%. And I think what we have to do as individuals is we have to stop consenting to federal taxation. Now, this is not an easy subject. Okay. And I, I, I get that. So, you know, understand where we're coming from is that this game is not going to be broken until we break the, the consent of the governed. And that's what 1776 was about. This country was founded on a tax revolt. And you know, we are entering scary times of possibly another lockdown, possibly another COVID situation. And what are we going to do as individuals to stop the exploitation of our energy on this earth? And so I'll, I'll leave you with that just to ponder here for a second, see what you have to say about that. Uh, first of all, man, uh, you've dug out some good tweets of mine there. And um, <laughs> when I read those back, I'm like, dang, did I say that? I guess I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore. Um, <laughs> well, I, I've got uh, one more here. I'll show you one more, too, because you talk about coercion, right? Coercion is being forced to make a choice when both led me to your ends or pay taxes or go to jail, right? Choosing to use or not use Bitcoin network and paying a fee to do so. So Jason deleted some of these tweets. Um, you know, one leads to jail. The other one leads to denial of service. And so, you know, you actually um, were noted in software, I think, as yeah. a, you know, as a contributor to that. And so yeah. um, kudos to you in that journey. But yeah, sorry, I left you with a lot. So I'll, I'll let yeah, you Yeah. So uh, first of all, um, you know, the the proposition of potentially Bitcoin being that counterinsurgency is uh, certainly something to seriously consider. Um, you know, obviously, there's been a rumor forever that it was you know started by the CIA. Uh, we know that the SHA-256, you know, encryption was uh, done by you know the government, military, NSA, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you know, this is one good point that um, who was I on with? Uh, yesterday, Walker, and I was like, 
who are they? Who are they? Right. You have to be very careful about this. He's talking about uh, Elizabeth Warren and she's working on behalf of the banks. And I'm like, really? Because I think a lot of the banks want Bitcoin to succeed. Like you have to be very careful where they say they, right? There's a lot of people in the government that probably want to shut Bitcoin down. There's a lot of very pro Bitcoin people in the government as well. So you have to be very careful. So it's totally possible that there were people, I mean, we have whistleblowers come out of the FBI, CIA all the time. So it's very possible that they could have leaked that to sort of help whether you want to call it a counterinsurgency or just leak this piece of data, it, it's totally possible. Uh, I think it might be one of the more credible uh, threads to pull on. So I'll, I will, I will concede to that point. Um, I think, you know, the bit and the coin is, is a little bit reaching, but you know, the other points of the shot 56 and all that, I, I think it's possible. Yeah. We have whistleblowers all the time. So that's, that's really possible. Yeah. I mean, there, there was other guides put out, like talking about insurgency and insurgency per the department of Homeland security and some of the CIA documents, talks about shadow government, okay? And I, I don't think it's too far-fetched to think that there is a shadow government of possibly people that are no, of pulling course not. There's, 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 yeah. a few, there's a few different shadow governments, most likely, <laughs> right? I mean, most of it is the deep state, the, the administrative state, if yeah. you will, right? It's the administrative, it's, it's, it's Obama's army that he left as he, as he uh, left, right? <laughs> um, but back to, I guess, kind of the, 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 the main question here about um, overall, how do we avoid taxes and, well, the tax piece, but really coercion and the being complicit. So yes, so I'm dead serious on that. I put that tweet out. I'm I'm serious about it. Are by complying, we become complicit. Correct. Yeah. I think when I wrote that tweet, it wasn't so much about following um, government ordinances, rules, regulations, whatever it was. It was more about going along with the lie and the narrative. So what happens is. When I hear a lie and I don't stand up against that, I am complicit in that lie. And I think when I wrote that tweet, I, I forget which one that was, how long ago that was, but I was thinking like, even if you're not that person like, like G Money that you're ready to stand up in, in the face of that lie, you could say, well, I'm not sure if that is right. I haven't really made up my mind. And you could at least cast doubt against that. And I think that's where my mind was when I wrote that tweet. It was a long, I can't really remember, but so whether it's, you know, go, bo, girls can be boys or men belong in girls sports or whatever, like, no, I don't believe that to be true. And the reason why I think when I was writing that at the time, I was, uh, I was doing a lot of research into the parallel structures and parallel societies. And there's a story of uh, toward the ends of the USSR in these stores along the main shops, they would hang the uh, communist sign up in their thing. And the shopkeepers would put the sign up in the window, even though they didn't like communism, they didn't want communism, but they would still put it up there, but they weren't actually required to put it up there. For some reason, they just all did it just going along with the crowd. And one day you can look this story up one day, a shopkeeper said, what am I doing? Putting this up, I'm taking it down. And once the one, one shopkeeper took it down, the next shopkeeper's like, Oh, I could take that down. Oh. Okay. Oh, I, and then everyone took it down Contagious. and that's the part. And that's the part of stand up for the truth, which is exactly why they want to censor you. And they, they can't allow anyone to live the truth because if somebody's living the truth while everyone else is living a lie, those people want to go live the truth as well. And so I think that post was more about standing up to the face of the lies, the gaslighting, the men and women's sports, all, all of these things that we're told when we just silently go along with it, we're complicit, but back to the point, it, it's also sure masks and, it's sure it's, uh, you know, anything that you don't want, you know, getting the jab for your job, all of those things. Um, the problem is that most people haven't set themselves up in a sovereign life, so they're not able to withstand that coercion.
Mm -hmm. So I think the more, more powerful vote is, you know, obviously not complying. Um, some of that I might have to vote with my feet and my money. I might have to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not everyone can do that. Unfortunately, it's something like 40% of Americans don't have a thousand dollars for an emergency. So that means you're a slave. You can't even quit your job and find a new job. You can't even survive to the next paycheck. So like you have, like if, if I have six months of savings saved up, I could at least quit for six months and find something. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like most people aren't able to make those decisions. Now, if we take it to the higher level of taxes, <laughs> this, is a much, this is a much bigger story. So uh, a couple of things I'm going to say about that. First of all, there was a clip going around. I, I don't know where it got started from. I saw a bunch of people posted of Obama talking about the it was talking about the Apple iPhone and the encryption. But he mm -hmm. said, you're basically walking around with a Swiss bank account in your pocket. And he yeah. said, like, what if you had money there? Like, how could the government tax it? Like yeah. that was the point okay. that he made. Right. And so it brings up the point that you're making now. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough issue. I believe that, um, you know, we live in this government, we have to pay the taxes. I, I, I believe that to be true. Um, you said that the, the money is illegitimate because they print it. And the more that we use it, we're complicit in that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That's that's fine. Yeah. And and the reason why I don't agree with that is, I mean, yes, it's inflation, and yes, it um, inflation is theft, and yes, it's it's built on a system of theft, lies, and deceit. Uh, I'll I'll concede to all of that, but I believe that you and I, the market, determines what money is. Hey, Garrett, right. uh, that's a cool headset you got. Would you trade my iPhone for that? See, my iPhone just became money. Right. Hey, Garrett, if I came over and built you a new website, would you give me that headset? Now my labor becomes money. You and I decide what money is. Money, right. money is just that medium of exchange. And so money is money, man. Take this water bottle, right? Like take this mic. Like, so if I use a dollar, a dollar is a dollar. Like the, 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 this, this, this phone's losing value just as fast as the dollar's losing value. Doesn't mean I still can't use it. So I don't think it's illegitimate. I think they use it to steal from us, certainly. I think they, so yeah. I think it's theft, certainly. Their policies of how they do it. I just don't think the money is legitimate. It's just as good as any other form of money. It's, it's as good as any other media. It's, it's an information money. network, right? It's an information right. network. And so, okay. you know, I don't believe, I don't believe we're going to like switch off the dollar anytime soon. We still have a long time to go. I'm just saying, um, I don't think it's illegitimate. I don't think that yeah. I'm complicit in it because I can use whatever I want. Well, I'm it's got Illuminati symbols on the back of it. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Now let's get to the tax part. So let's do it. Yeah. Um, one, I hate taxes. I moved to Puerto Rico in 2021, so I didn't have to pay taxes. I'm certainly not for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I believe that we operate in the world as it is, not as we want it to be. And um, I have friends you've met. Yaya is one of them. Yep. Uh, another, another, another good friend, Jesse Elder in Austin. And these guys are like, nope, we're not paying taxes. I know the code. And Jesse, he was called in. I mean, he he got busted. I mean, he yep. got the IRS brought him into the office and said, whoa, 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 you can't do this, whatever. And he pff, laid it out and they're like, okay. And they just let him go. Yeah. So like there are people doing that. Um, for me, I hate paying taxes, especially in California, because I know where those taxes go. And I feel like to the point that you're making or we're making here is that I'm complicit. California is a sanctuary state for transitioning children and they're flying children into the state against their parents' wishes to transition them. And my taxpayer dollars are paying for that. You're paying, that for, you're pay, you're paying for their insurance. You're paying for their board. I mean, like, so like, okay. what, I mean, this is not going to so stop. Now, so now I'm complicit in those kids being transitioned. You are. I hate right? to say it. So I have a problem with that morally, right? Right. Now, 
I, but, but you know, the laws of the land are, we pay the taxes, but here's the thing, Garrett, we are not, if I can call you Garrett, I don't know. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you're you, good. You I've doxed myself. We're good. <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, so, um, we've known each other for 20 years. So I don't yeah, know. I know yeah. uh, so, um, but here's the thing. We are not legally required or obligated to pay any more than we're legally obligated to pay. Well, it's voluntary. So Technically, it's a voluntary system. You have to oh, voluntarily oh, okay, file. But, that, but that, that's that. That's get. We let's have that conversation. But let's just talk <laughs> about the traditional system, right? Yeah. Um. You hear about oh, the rich don't pay any taxes. Oh, Donald Trump didn't pay any taxes. Blah blah blah. Oh, they have all these freaking loopholes. Blah blah blah. Remember, as I said before, unsuccessful people think the game is rigged against them. Yeah. Successful people learn the game and play the rigged game. So there's lots of ways that I can legally, per their system, not pay taxes, just like Donald Trump. It's very simple. It's not even that hard. So, for example, um, Donald Trump gave us something called accelerated depreciation. So that means that I can take an asset and I can take 100% of the depreciation in one year. So, for example, I did this last year. I bought at, in December of just last year, I bought my wife a brand new $120,000 SUV. I put like $15,000 down. And I wrote $120,000 off of my taxes. Yeah. If I have a million dollars of profit, I can, I have two choices in California at my top in, income bracket. I can either one, give 500,000 to the government and I keep 500,000 option one option two. I buy a million dollar piece of property. I put 200 grand down on it. Now I have 800,000 on my bank account and a million dollar property. And I didn't give any to the government. Okay. Yeah, and so I, I, I mean, there, we, we can, we can talk about revoking our yeah, citizenship and being a national and we can talk about just well, saying, I mean, you, I'm not I mean, paying, but, honestly, but like, though, I but, can just, I, I can work within that system as well, but it yeah, is, gotcha. it is our obligation, both in both for me, my wealth and my family to pay as little as I can, as well as not being complicit to pay as little as I can. And we can, and we can each decide how we want to do that. Yeah. And I think we're, we're going to get to this tipping point, you know, and a lot, not a lot of people can do all those things that you're doing. But, you know, the inflation is hitting hard for, you know, hits hits the low class families the, the most. Right. Because of food prices, gas prices. And what we're seeing now is, um, you know, the job market is completely getting eviscerated in front of our eyes and people are going to have to make a choice. Are they going to pay taxes? They're going to like eat. Right. And where does this end up? And what I what I you know, the research I've done, at least, it shows that all 100% of all nonviolent revolutions um, are successful with at least 3.51% of the population. And we actually don't need that many people to say, you know what, Joe, you're legitimate. I'm not filing my taxes. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to protect my, my energy behind a wall of, of, of energy that Bitcoin provides me. And if you arrest me, I guess my Bitcoin just sits a little bit longer and gains in value or something like that. And so what I'm calling for is a digital 1776 revolution to fully use the power of this network and tell the tyrant to go fuck themselves. Like literally, like if we all did that and bound it together tomorrow, it would be over. And we would be making the rules based upon freedom, truth, love, and peace. But otherwise our tax dollars are going to continue to go to Ukraine. We're going to continue to bomb people in other countries. We're going to continue to create bio labs to create these weapons of, of mass destruction on humanity. And then we've got the media that's going to um, continually control us. And so I think paying your taxes is nihilism. I think filing your taxes is nihilism and thinking, oh, we play in the system. We have to we have to cooperate. We have to consent. But in the Declaration of Independence, it clearly states that governments derive their power from the consented. And you have John Perry Barlow that talks about the new frontier of cyberspace being off the, the limits of, of government reach and out of their control. 
And now we actually have power behind it, right? We've got soft war. We have a digital weapon against these tyrants. Um, I get passionate about it. That's my calling. But you know, hey, we all we all kind of I think reach our red line. But I, I think we're saying the same thing. I think we I think we're saying yeah. the same thing. It's just there's um, we both of us agree that we should give as little, if none, of our money to the government. Um, but I uh, th that's the principle, the key principle. Um, the method is of how we achieve that. There's there's lots of ways to get there, yeah. and so I can do that in plenty of ways. So like I don't make income. My income goes into tax deferred vehicles or tax uh, tax efficient vehicles, and then I leverage debt for uh, for for income that and debt is non taxable. So there's other ways to achieve the same thing. Um, so. We're saying it. the same thing. I think we're I just getting about it a little bit differently. <laughs> I love it. I had to rile you up a little bit, Mark. You know, yeah, too, too, too easy. Um, but uh, you know, we're kind of running, running on time here, and you know, we appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, you know, if you guys are not following Mark, you can follow him on Twitter. One Mark Moss. There's a lot of scammers out there, so make sure you have the right one that impersonate him. Okay, and then on YouTube, guys, go follow him on YouTube. He's got, you know, like I said, hundreds of millions of, of views. He's got great videos from a macro perspective. Like you could honestly orange pill people with just Mark's videos. Mark doesn't even talk about Bitcoin and some of this stuff. He literally talks about just his macro environments of the economy. Um, and then he's also pro got pro this problem aware, bringing attention to the problem. Exactly. And then he's got this cool ranch experience he's doing um, at his ranch in Austin. Uh, what's your website again, Mark? Is it onemarkmoss.com as well? Yeah, exactly. OneMarkMoss.com. Yep. And so you also offer um, other options for investors and, and that sort of a thing. And so check out Mark, you guys. He's a patriot. Um, I've known him for 20 years. He's always been a stand-up dude, always fighting the good fight against the tyrants. And um, no, dude, it was a pleasure to have you on. I know we've been doing this, you know, uh, we've this has been coming a long time coming, but we'll have to have you on and see how things um, go down after possible banking collapse. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on maybe, um, here, we'll ask a couple more questions. What are your thoughts on maybe like, where do you see Bitcoin at the, uh, you know, at the end of this halving or before the halving? And then do you, do you think we're entering this, you know, unstable environment with the banks currently? I think we are entering an unstable environment with the banks. I just think that most people don't take into consideration and maybe they haven't realized that the way the central banks, specifically the Fed, but all central banks um, interact in the markets changed in 2008. 2008 was the first time we had QE. Um, they started buying mortgage-backed securities. They started propping up markets, and it's accelerated massively since then. 2020, um, they created 13 SPVs. They started buying all types of financial assets, including equities, to prop up the markets. In 2008, it was a trillion-dollar bailout. In 2020, it was an $11 trillion bailout. Um, now today, they've set up uh, swap lines with all these countries. They have credit cards, you know, finger on the trigger. In 2007, Bear Stearns was um, singled out as sort of being the, the the trigger, the flashpoint for causing the entire banking system to collapse. When Bear Stearns collapsed, it took the Fed seven months to get any type of bailout together. In 2023, it took six days. So my viewpoint is, I, I made a video about this a couple weeks ago, that the government cannot afford a recession. They can't afford yeah. one. Not anymore. Things are different. And so... You know, sort of my outlook is, yes, I see more trouble ahead for the banks. We're starting to see this. People are talking about it a lot. Part of it is because they have PTSD generals fighting the last war because 2008 was a banking collapse. They think we're going to have another banking collapse. But the Fed already showed us what they were going to do about a banking collapse. There's paper right over it. So I try, to, coming too. I try to understand these things and going to go back to that quote. It's like understand the 
problems. Mm -hmm. uh, but then like, but then plan around it. So like, okay, great. So there was a banking collapse, uh, S you know, Silicon Valley bank, um, whatever, all these banks went down. What, what would have happened if my money would have been there? What could I have done to protect myself? Oh, I didn't need to do anything because the government just made everybody whole. No big deal. So like it wasn't a big deal. They just papered over it. Now, this is not a good thing. I mean, there's more debt, more inflation. I get it. But like overall, it didn't really matter. My opinion is, oh, but Mark, you don't understand commercial real estate market is melting down and there's $2.9 trillion of commercial real estate mortgage bonds on the banks, mostly in mid-sized banks. They're all going to collapse. Okay. And the Fed will probably just take all that on their books too. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they? Why mm -hmm. wouldn't they? Oh, but Mark, you don't understand. A recession is coming. All these people are going to lose a job. Okay. So the government sent everybody a $1,200 check. Like, why wouldn't they? I, I believe that's the stage of, that we're in. The government cannot afford a recession. As a matter of fact, the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, they, they have the budget out to uh, 2050. And in their budget, there is no recession or war in that. <laughs> So they're telling us they're not forecasting a recession. They can't afford a recession. If there's a recession, typically um, income receipts drop between 8 to 15% in a recession. We already have a $2 trillion deficit. If tax receipts plunge 15%, what are they going to do? Well, I mean, I think this is also assuming that we keep the reserve currency dominance through all this, which, you know, if, yeah, we BRICS, will. if BRICS I, comes on board, you never know, right? Nah, there's no BRICS coming on board. You don't think so? No, nah, there's no bricks coming on board. Uh, there's no, there's no new res So, so you have reserve currency, and then you have like the medium of exchange currency, right? Mm -hmm. So we're already starting to see lots of trade happening in yuan, for example, right? Yeah. So we're starting to see that happening. Um, so people are using other currencies, but no one's storing their wealth in yuan yeah. or ruble or whatever. So yeah. uh, the dollar has the deep liquid bond markets. The dollar has the SWIFT system, the correspondent banking system. There's no replacement for that. Now, China is working on um, what's called the uh, Project Embridge, which is a CBDC um, hub that the B they're doing it with in conjunction with the BIS. And I think that will be like a leapfrog moment, like how Africa leapfrog. We had wired telephones with wired internet. They went straight to wireless. I think that's sort of this moment. I think that's what they'll try and do. Um, and then what they'll do, they'll use that as a currency. So they'll bypass the banks, they'll bypass SWIFT, all that go to something like the CBDC, the project Enbridge for the reserve part. It looks like they're, you know, potentially going back to gold and, and yep. just general commodities for that. So they'll just hold the lithium in the ground, they'll hold the oil in the ground, things like right. that. I think that's probably more likely, but I think it's a, it, it goes out with a whimper, not a bang. Um, that's, that's my opinion, a whimper without a bang. And, and I think it's a, it's a very long process. So when the dollar took over from the pound sterling a hundred years ago, that's like a 40 year process. Yeah. And you could argue that, uh, China and Russia started de-dollarizing in 2013. So we're 10 years into this, 10 years into a 40 year process, you know? Um, okay. but, but the pound sterling is still the third most used currency in the world, mm -hmm. even a hundred years later. Right. So it's like, it, it's not like it just goes away not not in my opinion um now some might say when will the dollar crash and i would say well it already is it's already lost 95 percent of its purchasing power <laughs> it lost it lost 65 percent of the s p 500 in the last four years it yeah. lost 45 percent of the median u.s real estate in the last four years it lost 150 percent of bitcoin in the last year it is yeah. crashing 100%. Uh, so it is so people have to realize it is crashing but i don't think there's like this event where like Oh, oh, no more dollar. I guess yeah, we're yeah. using the yuan yeah. now. I, I right. just I don't I don't see that as, as happening. Not not anytime soon. Uh what about ordinals, NFTs, layer two Bitcoin? What's your thoughts on um some of that? It seems like people are really, you know, with the stacks is, is kind of getting popular and some other things. What what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, you know, I think um 
I'm conflicted. I've had many, many conversations about this in depth. Um, I think it was the law of unintended consequences by, you know, previous changes that were made to Bitcoin core enabled something like ordinals to be here. Now right. they're talking about doing more changes to the core to get rid of it. And I think we just leave it alone. I, I think we should stop causing the unintended consequences. That's what happens when you adjust a complex system. I think overall, the free market will just decide. I mean, obviously the debate right now is about filling yeah. up the block space and making transactions too expensive, which transactions are pretty expensive right now. Uh, but compared to what? Yeah. So it's still cheaper than sending a wire at my bank. Yeah. It's still yeah. pretty cheap. And I can use lightning if I want to do that as well. Right. So it's like, eh, it's still compared to what? So I think, I think the free market will figure that out. I think obviously the block space is going to be very, very, very scarce resources at BitBlock Boom. Uh, one of my partners, well, we did it. We did a deal with um, Ocean. Bob Burnett. Yeah. He did a talk there talking about um, how Satoshi actually created two inventions, two digital scarcities. One was the 21 million cap. The other was the block space. Mm -hmm. And so it's a competition over block space. Now, I think NFTs as we know them today, like digital JPEGs are ridiculous because I think trying to tie a physical real world asset to a digital ledger is nonsense. Um, I think there's a potential world for natively digital stuff. So for example, hypothetically in a world, you know, I'm not a video gamer, but where in this video game, I earn a skin or I earn a gun or a power pack that could be an NFT that could be traded, you know, hypothetically. Sure. Um, but that could just be done in a database. I mean, a blockchain oh. is a, a blockchain is a database. Right. Um, what I would say, you know, one is we don't know where this technology can go. What I would say though, is what I do think is pretty cool. And it has got my attention is like, um, you know, what we can see now is that the, the government, the powers that be are trying to destroy history. Uh, there's that movie Fahrenheit or there's a book, mm -hmm. a book and then a movie for Fahrenheit 451. Yep. And, um, you know, they destroyed all the books and, you know, being able to store books like right now, they're putting the Bible into the Bitcoin ledger. Like people have risked their lives for decades to smuggle Bibles into communist countries. And now it's just on the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm -hmm. 3D gun schematics, they're on the Bitcoin ledger. Uh, WikiLeaks is now going on the on the Bitcoin yeah. ledger. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, could that go onto an IFPS, you know, whatever server and be used a different way? Sure. Like we have, obviously we have, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, well, I mean, BlackRock's uh, putting a lot of money or at least time into tokenizing securities. So that could be a thing with instant settlement, you know, cost structures and that sort of a thing. So sure. And I think, you know, we have uh, Taro, you know, on top of Bitcoin that will allow that. And I think that's an efficiency of the system, but that's not a revolution. Yeah. So what do I mean by that? Like, um, everyone's like, oh, but don't you understand like XRP that's going to allow banks to send money faster. And it's like, cool. So banks are going to be more efficient. Do you know what software banks run right now? Oh, you don't? <laughs> then what do you care if they upgrade their software? Right. Yeah. Uh, and so like, uh, okay, cool. So like BlackRock or E-Trade will be able to manage their assets better. Do I know what E-Trade uses for their software to manage their assets right now? I don't. And if they upgrade their software, why do I care about that? Right. That, that's sort of my viewpoint on that. What I would like to see, you know, would be that not that long ago, Garrett, not that long ago, stocks were actually stock certificates. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? So that's why I'm going to work on you. We're going to we're going to green pill you still, Mark, with the rare pepes. We're going to get you on counterparty layer two Bitcoin eventually to where you understand the the, the uh, the, maybe the uh, 
the depth of that rabbit hole. So I'm yeah. working on you. I've been working on Mark a long time, guys, by the way, about this. But, green but stocks stocks used to be a bearer instrument. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right? And like yeah. you and I could just exchange, like if you look at it, like an old James Bond movie, it was like, hey, give me the bearer bonds kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Um, they don't want us to have custody of our assets anymore. So now we have to hold them in an exchange, exactly. like E-Trade, right? Um, and I, that's sort of like what Elizabeth Warren wants to do with Bitcoin. Like we can own Bitcoin, but only through an ETF kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so to your point, yes, I think we can tokenize stocks and like, why, why shouldn't I just have my Tesla, Apple, whatever, yeah. NVIDIA stock here trade and you and I could people. just trade that directly. Exactly. But the reason why is because we have laws that prevent that from happening. And that's, we're going to break those laws, Mark. Let's go. <laughs> well, we, we will, but NVIDIA and Tesla yeah. won't. Right. And yeah. so, um, yeah. what we saw was digitization, uh, overcame the world and we made movies and books and music digitized it very quickly even though they were powerful and they fought that tooth and nail but now we have the government <laughs> and now we have the regulators so it's a big hole it's, it's a big mountain to overcome now we will 100 percent uh i don't want to go into this whole rabbit hole but yeah. you know as i say all the time technology as i already said changes the world and the current form of government we have today is no longer compatible with the world the current form that we have today is for a world of 100 years ago for the for the mass manufacturing, the mass management world, but today we're in the information age, and so we have this old government that doesn't fit anymore, and um, it, it it's gonna have to give. Humanity needs software upgrade. <laughs> uh, this is fun. This is awesome. Thanks for spending time with us. We know you're busy. Um, I look forward to seeing you in probably Nashville around town. Um, so thanks for your patriotism. Uh, you know we love what you're doing, and we'll make sure everybody goes out there and follows you. And check some of your stuff out. Um, but anyways, shade of lady, lady you, my brother. And we will catch you next time. See ya. Badlanders have set no bugs beef on fire. Have you ordered yet? Let's face facts. America's supply chain is going to be increasingly disrupted in the coming months. Which means it's not if we'll have a food shortage, it's when. Having enough protein to feed your family for several months is essential for your survival. That's why we've partnered with badlandsmedia.tv forward slash no bugs. They provide sous vide, freeze-dried, all-American beef from ranches in Texas that have never, ever given their cows an mRNA jab. The beef, stored in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers for maximum shelf life, will stay shelf-stable for more than 10 years without refrigeration and with maximum nutrition and flavor. All you need to do is soak it in water for 15 minutes and it's ready to eat. These are not your typical survival meats. They're premium cuts of ribeye, New York strip, tenderloins, sirloin, and chuck. Get your family ready for the chaos at badlandsmedia.tv forward slash no bugs and use promo code badlands for an additional 10% off your order. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash no bugs. Promo code badlands. Welcome to the Badlands Media Shop, where we've partnered with Patriot companies to offer products for just about every category of life. Browse the virtual shopping aisles and rest assured knowing that your purchases align with your values. Shop with peace of mind avoiding woke companies with woke principles while supporting your favorite podcasters. Whether you're shopping for everyday household items or a unique gift for that special someone, skip the big box store. Head over to the Badlands shop first and support a Patriot business and Badlands with every purchase. From boomerangs, yes, those boomerangs, to gun holsters. From children's books to pet food, we have just about everything and we're just getting started. Thank you, Badlanders, for your continued support and patriotism. We couldn't do this without you. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash shop. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true.
Yo. Hey. Uh, what'd you guys think? That was pretty good, huh? Mark's great. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great interview. Good job, G. Uh, the chat really liked it. A lot of great conversation tonight. A lot of people watching. So the signal is strong. Uh, yeah, Mark is a really smart dude. I love listening to him. He's got really good perspectives. And I just, I like the uniqueness of how he approaches the different problems that we have in the world and some of his solutions that he comes up with. I love his fourth turning stuff and all the work that he's done on that. And yeah, I just encourage everybody to to go follow Mark and, and check his videos out. I think he's got something to teach you, especially if you haven't uh, looked at his stuff before. So uh, yeah, I mean, any uh, major takeaways, G? I mean, now that you've, you've kind of reflected on that um, and, and heard it again um, um. before we transition. Yeah, no, it's funny because he he kept hinting at like literally digital 1776, but you know you don't really go there in that in that way. But it, you could tell he's 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 already there. You know, people are, I think people are already there. Um, and like I kind of said in the chat earlier, you know, we have people and we have patriots that want to fight. They they are built. Their DNA is made. They were made as warriors. They are warriors still amongst us, and they they, they want to fight, but they know. You know, if it's violent, they don't want to be violent, right? They, they literally don't want to be violent, but they want to kill this tyranny. They absolutely want to kill this tyranny. And now, once you can provide that weapon to them, they're, they're, they go all in, man. Like, the the people we have, the frogs we have are the greatest, because once they see the light, like, it's done. You know, like, it's it's full fuck them. And that's why we just try to really try to awake as many as we can, because we know that the warrior, once they're awakened, like, they're not going to they're not gonna kneel. You know, and that's that's why people go, why don't you like soften up and, you know, make it more towards the normies? It's like, no, like they're not going to ever like they're going to they're the first ones to file their taxes and cuck to the state. Like, why would I want them? You know, so anyways, interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, Mark's great. Totally. I love that. And that's a really good segue into the Pepe of the week, man. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about this Pepe that you selected um, this is the freedom Pepe, right? Do whatever the fuck you want, <laughs> right? Like as long as you don't hurt anybody, do whatever the fuck you want. What are you waiting for? Right? Strictly go build that. Enforced. Go build something. You worried someone's going to come after you? Whatever. Go build it. Go live your life. Go forge your path of truth. Be uncomfortable knowing the unknown, right? Being unknown. Um, and in Keck, we trust. Like in chaos, we trust. Like whatever happens, happens. Your your spiritual path, right? The geometry of all of your, um, you know, interactions and your your path in life is 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 different for everybody. So go live it, man. Don't don't be scared to live that life. Um, no fear. Pre pretty high supply. Meme conscious. He makes some great pepes. Um, Definitely. Hundred and fifty bucks for a, um for one of those. Kind of high for that actually, but. Uh, it's a cool Pepe to have in your wallet because your your wallet should be blessed with freedom. And you Absolutely. should do whatever the fuck you want, John. <laughs> <laughs> Strictly enforced. I love it. Uh, yeah, definitely come join us in the Pepe Project channel. Uh, scan that QR code and join the Telegram chat. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. Uh, if you want to see all these Pepes and learn about them. That's the By the way, Damien it. just sent a Dan Dark pill back to Dan. He didn't burn it. He was going to burn Ooh. it. He sent it back to Dan. He spared Dan Dark. He spared he spared Dark Pill Pepe's life. We appreciate that, but we'll have to get him on the show one day. Interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. I loved chatting with all the different Pepe's. And yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's keep the show on the road here. So current clown events, dude. It's just getting it's getting <laughs> crazy out there. 
Jim Cramer says the economy is roaring. Uh, everybody who's listening to him up in uh, arms, clapping, cheering. And yeah, man, others saying that the burst here is going to be the biggest stock bubble crash, you know, since the dot-com craze. And they're saying this on, I thought it was interesting that that narrative started on 223. Mm. So a little backwards, 322 there. Mm-hmm. And uh, credit card delinquency, like all the metrics, right? We've just talked about it over time. Really, really bad. And so I wanted to highlight that Naib, when he was at CPAC, uh, we'll play a little video at the end in the end clips, but he was talking about this boiling frog syndrome. And he said it lots of times. Uh, we're not quite at the point of boiling yet, but we probably want to jump before it's too late. And so with it being <laughs> leap year, it's like leap, Pepe leap was his cry. Um, wow. And yeah. Love how you put top that right, together. Yeah. Patrick got a retweet from Naive. I thought that was pretty cool too. You know, yeah. He highlighted his tweet last week, but he actually got retweeted by Naive. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Definitely full signal there. Um, yeah, what else you got? Yeah. And uh, so the monster $1.3 billion Bitcoin buy uh, was uh, in the news this week and it wasn't from an ETF wallet. Uh, people speculating on who that might be. We don't know, but perhaps, uh, you know, the Walton family, they've been selling a lot of Walmart. Uh, Jeff Bezos has been selling a lot of Amazon. Zuck selling a lot of Meta. Uh, we don't know who's buying this, but there's a lot of interesting things going on out there in clown world. Yeah, so what do you think about all these big wealth individuals in in the fiat sense uh selling their their assets man they're dumping they're dumping on the plebs man probably <laughs> buying up the corn yeah i think so i mean what else would there be to buy i mean they're obviously <laughs> not buying the gold we'll continue to provide some metrics there but man these etfs uh they're getting really hot uh and we're you talked about it earlier we're gonna how long are you going to be humble? Uh, you know, it's going to be hard as it continues to rise and continues to rise. And people finally, you know, come back and say, you know, we had it easy. You know, we had it lucky uh, for getting it low or getting into it early, whatever you want to say. But as these ETFs take in all this cash flow, all this money in the fiat sense, uh, sending the price to the roof, man, Bobo's getting wrecked. Bobo's <laughs> just getting wrecked left and right. Yeah, how much came in? Like these guys are buying up over ten thousand Bitcoin per day, and there's only nine hundred being produced every day. So if you do the math, like we run out uh, before the election, John. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, and there's some super good signal in that. Um, yeah, and eleven eleven. The only logical conclusion with numbers like that is that there'll be a, a price increase to equalize. I mean. There's, it's just, and there's you're not a gonna be able to buy it all for cheap, right? There's a multiplier factor involved as well. So, like, if they buy a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, like the market cap and the price doesn't just go up equally. Like it, it multiplies, especially when there is a, um, you know, there's a real strain on supply at this point, especially with the exchanges and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, things are getting spicy for sure. Yeah. The having is less than 50 days away, I heard, or 50 days exactly today. So pretty exciting times. The uh, the dollars, uh, just interesting things to talk about, you know, in terms of the fiat valuations, comparing Satoshi Nakamoto against all of the other uh, folks on the list, you know, that you find in Forbes or whatever. Uh, currently number 26, and he'll become the wealthiest individual. <laughs> and as an anonymous, you know, potential group of people, we don't know, we don't care. but 
that'll be a funny time when it happens. And Bitcoin, now the fifth largest currency in the world. And I did some calculations on that and kind of guesstimate maybe at 300,000-ish, Bitcoin might switch the dollar on that particular graph. Mm. And it'll be interesting if Bitcoin does that, uh, especially if it's soon, because then Trump won't be able to point to the dollar when he says he likes a powerful currency because Bitcoin will be above it on a, on a certain scale. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah just something to, to pay attention to, maybe keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, there's really only one way uh, from what I see. Uh, CPAC was on fire, man. Uh, that naive speech, I encourage everybody, go watch it. 25 minutes, it was on fire. I watched it a few times. I definitely sent it to people. I just, I, th I thought he was right on signal. And then we see, and I'll play some clips later as well, uh, Javier Malay meeting Trump at CPAC. And yeah, just emphasizing that Trump said the Bitcoin or the dollar, he could live with it either way, G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. His little speech last week. Um, so yeah, guys, I don't know. Maybe listen to Trump a little closer and see where the signal is. hundred percent. For sure. And we'll finish out the clown news here with uh, some news from Jack Maulers and strike uh, opening up some more access to the global South. And this time it's a bunch of countries in Africa. So announcing strike Africa and then other news just coming out all the time. This one in particular, Oman. Uh, doing some hydro-cooled Bitcoin mining projects. Uh, totaled at 370 million fiat shitcoins. And it's just more signal. Uh, people are getting into it. Uh, they see the value in it. And they're going to find ways yeah. to capture all that that energy that's out there and, and also being lost. Jack Maulers is doing God's work. And um, yeah, major patriot there. Funny enough, Google today on the leap year. Nice. Uh, it's got that little frog, the two nines on the frog, which makes it rare. And if you add all those numbers up, it gets to 22, which should be 1111, which we're on 229, 29 plus 2, 11, 11, 11. I don't know, guys. I'm not saying anything's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just saying things are looking pretty good. A um, couple of things, though. We did have um, our boy Kramer a little bit upset <laughs> the other day. There's underperformance, okay? Okay, let's depress it. I, I, I don't want to. What has Bitcoin ever done for mankind? Do you ever, are you ever on a Bitcoin phone? Watson, come here, I need you. I mean, what is it? Well, coming up, United Healthcare is uh, apparently. <laughs> Dude, that's so. Oh, funny. he's getting clowned. He's getting clowned. And so, Jack, yeah. Jack Maulers, we're sorry, bro, but we're going to continue to ask the tough question of who is Satoshi? And the reason we do this is because. We point to another anonymous individual that we have little to no idea who it is either, but we believe through open source intelligence, through connections that are mathematically impossible, that this technology was literally given to us to fight a war against tyrants. And so I don't care if you don't like it, Jack. Um, now, I understand your sentiment about like, you know, thinking it's Adam Beck or thinking it's, you know, um, well... Craig Wright, obviously not, but you know, I understand that that's dangerous, right? Hal Finney's wife. I get it. Um, but like this question needs to be asked and it needs to be uh, portrayed in a way where people understand it. So here's Jack Mahler's um, 
not liking people asking the question. This person gifted humanity with something and everyone listening to this podcast probably gained an immense benefit from it. And the one fucking thing that they wanted is to just be left alone and just be left anonymous. And none of us have bulletproof evidence. And so all you're doing is disrespecting this person that gifted us something so incredible. You're endangering other people and you're acting like fucking fiat. <laughs> bulletproof. I'd say our evidence is pretty good, Sean. I don't know if it's bulletproof, but damn near close. I, I you know, I, I agree. And, and I think you nailed it when you said, we ultimately point to what we believe would be an anonymous and purposefully <laughs> classified group of individuals that no one will know ever. Yeah. And so I don't think there's any harm in us asking the question because the intention behind it is not to dox anyone that could be targeted by a bad actor. And we, you know, it's unfortunate that those things happen and it is dangerous out there. We live in a world that's not nice and not fair. And so uh, we, our hearts go out to people who do get caught up in those weird clown situations where you know, people are, you know, causing physical harm or, or threats or doxing or whatever it might be. Um, but at the end of the day, to your point, the counterinsurgency narrative is, is what is supremely important in my opinion. And we're not looking uh, to identify Satoshi. Yeah, and our evidence points to this being the Great Awakening, the plan to save the world. And once you see more and more dots connect to it, like, you know, warriors want to take that weapon and they want to use it. So, Jack, you're welcome to come on the show, bro. Anytime, with loving arms, we'll show you the evidence. We'll show you the bulletproof evidence and let you decide. Um, but uh, let's continue. We did have the IRS agent running down the street, which is pretty funny. Did you see that, Sean? Yeah, uh, you know, I saw a couple of these clips, but go ahead and roll this one. It's great. <laughs> We're running through red light. Oh, it was, I don't know how we didn't die. We have a runner at the IRS. We're running. He's running away from me. It's 40 degrees, 35 degrees, and I ran a mile, eight minutes. I don't know how he didn't die. We had dogs, red lights. We had people recognizing me, cursing me off. I was holding the cookies, and the bag broke. I lost the cookies. Cookies! Braden ate the cookies, he almost threw up. I think we did an all-out sprint for almost a mile, seven-minute mile here. In, oh in penny loafers, all right? In penny loafers. I was winded, Braden was about to vomit. I can't go farther, James. 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 Okay, okay. Hold on. Fuck, <laughs> man. Taxman's got legs. These people won't be able to walk down the street, Sean, when no. the people wake up. They will literally not be able to walk down the street. Um, that was hilarious. That was yeah, he was running cool. fast. He uh, was like hiding behind. He was like hiding and stuff. It was pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah, somebody pointed it out on like a chat log. I, I forget who it was, but said it's so it's super funny that people still get caught up in those situations with James O'Keefe. Yeah. Like it's, how could you not notice me. him after yeah. all this? Was it me? <laughs> <laughs> and you start running. So far. Right. It's so, so funny. So yeah, yeah. let's continue here. We'll get into some strange signal tonight. And yeah, we pointed out the the trump statements on bitcoin last week and you pointed out after the fact that it was the same day that we had landed on the moon again with that odysseus yeah. spacecraft through nasa launched on a falcon 9 on 220 you point out that the date was 222 of 2024 and the four being two plus two so just dubs on those are dubs, those are dubs board, all the way man. across man 
for the win. And before Trump made this statement, Elon Musk put out this tweet and it says, sup. And it's this troll that's covered in Golgi hitting the <laughs> troll mode button, the thug life glasses and a little yeah. crown. Got a good, like got that. a guy, got King crown on there. I like that. Love super, it. Super, super rare. We talked about and mentioned real quick, the Rothschild. Uh, we saw another passing. So we've gotten three really, really interesting passings in a short amount of time. Very interesting. And the only thing I'll say about the thing on the left is that it happened after this really interesting, rare sighting that everybody was talking about um, over in the UK or something. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but um, uh, yeah. Sweet dreams. Fly, Ross, fly. <laughs> yeah, feels good, man. So Opti saying that he orange pilled someone today, uh, orange pill all the time, and that a boy puts out the Pepe vibes. Yeah, I love that. It's out the air and, horns. Yeah, Douglas McGregor been saying a lot of interesting things about uh, Bitcoin. So, By the so way, the do you notice? Way to... Do you notice that Douglas McGregor tweet is missing the R right before Rothschild died? Um, th on this one, or yeah, the only way to control you, your should be your. Oh, right, is a missing right. R. Yeah, I saw that you were saying something about it, but I didn't look at it long enough to figure that. But that's awesome, man. The the missing R for the misspelling. Misspellings are important. And yeah, yeah SpaceX um, getting the, the first connectivity, uh, sending a tweet through the, the satellites, man. Uh, just really cool stuff going on. Uh, Elon, uh, Ted Cruz put this one out, this post, and it has some Kofefe signal in it, uh, a 315, and it's just got the thinking face. So I think he was pondering Kofefe. He might have uh, been. And then, yeah, we're, we're just all waking up to that realization that we're in the Matrix. And and so this one was weird. I don't know if you want to say anything about the one on the left and what Trump put out, the, the section of the Constitution there. But Michael Saylor on the right just hit tons of Kofefe. Yeah, what's his up most with the sailor? What's up with the sailor Kofefe? Did you see the sailor Kofefe? Dude, I don't know. That's that's some significant <laughs> signal there. I mean, that's like fifteen three thousand Bitcoin for one fifty five at an average price of three. I mean, wow, sailor hitting Kofefe hard AF. Yeah, how do you do that? And and so, just really really cool week. And anything else to say on the news, uh, current events? Or should we get into the rugs, man? Get into the rugs. Yeah, let's go for it. I uh, got some funny ones this week. Uh, the first one I want to pull out is this one. It's kind of interesting. The White House was worried about Bitcoin mining and how it can strain the power grid as the price of BTC surges and demand outpaces the supply. And that was a Fox Business uh, quote or whatever. And it's just really funny. And I think the rug is that Bitcoin is the energy grid, right? So <laughs> it's like, Bitcoin is not going to strain the power grid. It's it's going to literally be the power grid. So <laughs> <laughs> I think their framing is a little off there. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Go with his ice cream. Love it. And then this uh, EIA, uh, they'd come out, I think it was a couple weeks ago, and said that you know they were all forward posturing that they were going to require KYC stuff for miners. And you know, we've heard certain FUD narratives back and forth about that. In the, in the past several months. And Cynthia Loomis pointing out that the day after that Trump made those statements on Bitcoin that the EIA was backing down. Um, and so I wonder if it was related. Maybe they heard like Orange Man was getting in the ring and they're just like, mm -mm, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna forfeit and get out. I don't know, man. Shall we talk about some astrology? Let's do it. Absolutely. 
<laughs> well, this astrologer right here, 24 year old, lost $440,000 by day trading crypto, man. <laughs> Must not have been using the tongue analysis, huh? I mean, she didn't know um, what the tongue is all about, John. <laughs> man, look at that that tongue, though. It, it's so perfectly playing. It's about, out. It's about it's so to symmetrical. The tongue's about to lick it, right? It's like about like to, to lick it. That was this, your, this those, were, be... those are your words, by the way. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's super cool. <laughs> Talking about tongues. Uh, Look at those top, gold tongues right there. Top cuck. Jack the Sobo. <laughs> Cashed out his Bitcoin, man. <laughs> Woo. There's some That's Trump gold sneakers. Brutal. Brutal. That brutal. is pretty brutal. This one's pretty brutal, too. Biden. Bit for duty. Yay. He's fit, he's fit to accept your tax money as a voluntarily as you voluntarily file it. So, you know. Hey, that's what the, the doctor ordered, I guess. So. The legitimacy of this facade must be propped up in any way possible to make you believe that they are still in power. When, in fact, you hold all the power, you hold all the keys. You just have to unlock it and be a man. Drop them nuts. Some of these women have bigger balls than some of these dudes, got to be honest. Totally, man. In a metaphorical sense, of course. Absolutely. Right? We yeah, love our it's... women. Our women are kicking ass out there, um, stacking like mofos. And so, yeah, guys, where are you at? Yeah, like we like we said, the, the ratio on the Auckland appointments and the help we've done has been the majority of women. So, <laughs> I mean, there's been male clients. But uh, what are you guys doing out there? Are you drinking some Bud Light? You know. Well, it could be football. like, you know, the guys that don't like to ask for directions. You know, they're just like, I can, sure. I can fucking handle this. And then, dude, there's some people that get rugged, and then they come back, and they still have to pay for the service because they they, they messed it up. So, um, yeah. don't get rugged. Just just stay humble. Just get the the free consult. Just you know, do all that stuff and and get down the right path. But anyways, a uh, couple more rugs here. This one was kind of interesting. We've talked about this before on the show of how in the future we might get digital pricing. Menus, right? Uh, Remember, we I talked about that, saying like they're, at the grocery mm -hmm. store, they're just going to have like little ticker symbols for everything. Yeah, we've we've pointed it out, and here here Wendy's floating the idea. <laughs> we'll see if they actually do it. Sometimes I think these things are just uh, out there for uh, the response. Yeah, you know the awakening. But says, hey, uh, maybe we'll put these on the menu, and we can uh, change the price dynamically as uh, things change in the world, and we'll <laughs> run it by AI and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, on the bottom game, left, every part of you. For sure. It, it, it's really interesting the things that they put out there overtly if you're paying attention and just listening. And uh, kind of like the thing on the bottom left there, uh, the, the Kellogg's boss saying that <laughs> people should just eat some cereal for dinner. G. You know, uh, they just came out with some prices. That's it's like two weeks ago that cereal was going to make like dudes be basically like sterile. And then they then they come out Probably. with this. I was like. Yeah, there's some chemical in Cheerios or something that makes men sterile. So, yeah, I don't know. What yeah, probably all the dyes and shit. I, I hear like certain dyes are really, really bad for children and, you know, anybody. But I used uh, to love Cheerios, bro. I used to just like in the middle of the night, I'd get up at like 10 mm -hmm. o'clock, 11 o'clock and just like eat some Cheerios with, in a bowl. And I, I can't do that anymore. Cereal's the shit. So good. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, I love it. I don't eat it anymore. But... I still like French fries, too. So all those idiots talking about seed oils, I don't care. I die early, whatever. I'm going to eat my French fries. Screw it. That's right. That's right. We helped through my ass off in the gym. I'm going to enjoy some burgers and fries. That's right. These diamond hands deserve it. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip real quick of this Wendy's stuff. It's it's 
kind of interesting. Wendy's announced it'll start testing dynamic pricing on digital menu boards next year, a form of surge pricing like Uber and Lyft. Artificial intelligence will suggest menu items and determine whether to raise prices based on demand, location, and time. <laughs> Just real interesting. Had to throw that in there because it was a really good condensed clip. And then I got one more rug here, man. Yeah. Uh, even MicroStrategy uh, getting <laughs> some action in the, the Twitter sphere, the X sphere. And so their their account was compromised and they were announcing uh, some shitcoin or another. I forget what it was, but some yeah, right there, man. Shitcoin. yeah. So just be careful, as we always say, don't get too excited. If you see something, don't be clicking on things and going places you shouldn't be. Just stay focused on the signal. And uh, um, yeah, go get that, yourself a tattoo. Is that your ass, Sean, that you're, you tattooed 58K? Because you were talking 58K gang a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I remember that <laughs> when we were doing like the, the second run up of 2021, it was a, a pretty prominent meme as we waited there and we were really trying to break 60K. Maybe it was the first run up. And and so I had 58K uh, in, in my mind. And, you know, the resistance obviously showed that we might get stuck there, but we blew right past the 58k gang man like, yeah i woke they up were, to they like, weren't even home i wake up to like 59 or 60 it was so funny it's funny because I, I tweeted this out earlier where it's like every day you wake up and you're like check the bitcoin price like, even if it's down i'm like okay like cool whatever mm -hmm. but it's so volatile it's so great um and it's just fun waking up and being like oh we've got action finally because it's been like you know just years of just kind of boringness and you oh, always yeah. say that the hardest thing to do is do nothing and so finally, it's like, yes, finally, there's some excitement. Even when it goes down, I'm like excited, you know, it's like, okay, I'll buy some more or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, so. when you chop sideways for six months, nine months, you know, it's like, oh, oh it's yeah. 16,000 again. It, it kind of gets tedious, you know, looking at the price yeah. in the morning. And, and I do look <laughs> at the price still just because, like you said, it's just kind of a good measure, good thermometer of kind of where the action's at for the day, you know, the trends in the world. And, and so, yeah, when you wake up and it's increased four, five thousand dollars. Uh, it's just, it is interesting. It's like when you do that two days, three days, you know, in a week, uh, it's just, it moves fast when it does. That's what they always say. Like they say Bitcoin's action happens on, on like 10 days of the year, right? Yeah. And if you're not holding through those longer periods, you're going to miss those 10 days if you're trying to, to day trade the market and stuff. So, and we're going to finish this month with the largest monthly candle ever, I think 20K candle. Uh, which is pretty massive, pretty massive mm -hmm. candle. Uh, but again, guys, like the fiat price, right? We, we're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the for the revolution. But the higher the price goes, it means the currency is collapsing, literally, right? And so we're gauging the, um, hopefully this time, if if it licks it, like we think it will, like that will be towards the, the, the game theory ending toward, you know, quasi and quasi coming to an end perhaps um of some sorts we don't know what that looks like we're not saying that's going to happen we're just saying like number go up means um freedom go up and tyranny go down right like so um i kind of look at it in those terms um but plus you know people gotta sometimes sell a little bit and live and enjoy themselves like absolutely you're you're stealing your energy back that was stolen from you so you absolutely should go live your life and enjoy yourself if that's what you want to do um, yeah I don't pay attention to the price at all um, from a make more dollars perspective, but I, I try to think of everything that I do in terms of purchasing power and like, you know, storage of time. And, and so when I see the value of Bitcoin going up in the fiat sense, it, it's more purchasing power against tyranny. Like you said, yeah. it's more freedom yeah. that I have to continue to do the good things that I believe I'm doing. 
and and helping the the community out and doing those things. So if everybody changes their paradigms about Bitcoin and and thinks about things through the orange lens instead of the fiat lens, I think that uh, we get more powerful as a network um, as yeah. we internalize some of those lessons. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So. Anything else, man? This was a phenomenal episode. Uh, another great yeah, one for good. the books. Uh, we're going to be in the good. sevens for the next 10 episodes, man. 70. like it. Next I time. like it. So sevens are magical. Um, I do want to play one more clip from General Flynn. So General Flynn is mm -hmm. putting out a movie. And this clip hits hard, you guys, because we've talked about Smedley Butler. We talked about it way back in the day. We talked about war as a racket. We talked about the military industrial complex. We talked about all of it. And Flynn is really shining a, a, a light, a beacon on this. And so here's the trailer to his new movie that I am super, super excited about. War is this massive racket. I mean, we are at war constantly. Peace is the aberration and war is the norm. So if I, if I was to give a grade, like you get in grade school, right? I give us an A plus for participating in these never ending wars. I give us an F for winning. When we fast forward to today, really from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 9-11, and the wars that we're constantly at, can you tell me when we weren't at war? For those that, that are running our country, they want this perpetuation of war. And you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose? All we're doing is we are spending, there are those that are profiting, and there are those that are sacrificing. War is the easiest racket. Yeah, pretty, pretty signal. powerful. We talked about this. Um, and look, we were talking about the other day in the chat, like war is literally the, the way they put all the alphas into the meat grinder and sacrifice them so that they do not rise up against tyranny, against their own leaders. Um, you know, in a way, they're, 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 they're throwing them to slaughter because they know these men will sign up to fight. And in reality, they're fighting the wrong enemy, right? When the enemies... Um, are this insurgency of people that are, are running the governments and politicians. So <clears throat> hats off to Flynn for, for putting that together. I'm sure that's not an easy thing for him to do in his position. Um, and so absolutely, um, you know, patriotic as AF, right? Like to come up with that. But um, yeah, yeah, man, that's all I have to this week was awesome. I, I look forward to um, we got some exciting guests coming up. We got some exciting digs coming up like this year's like going to kill it. Uh, we've got March Madness tomorrow. So if you do not have popcorn, go get some popcorn because this next Eyes of March is going to be insane, right? The BTFP ends on 311. <laughs> um, you've got Eyes of March on 315. We have Having on 420. I mean, get Ooh. the popcorn out, baby. Let's go. Let's go. It's going to be hot. Yeah, man. We'll roll these clips and shade lay. See you all next week. Maximo, afuera. Howdy, congratulations. Thank you very much. Very happy. You're more of a Mises guy. I'm a Hayek guy. But there's good synergies. And we want to bring that mentality to the U.S. So that's what we need to learn. How you actually shut things down. But one of the most maravillosos pensadores de la libertad fue Murray Rothbard. That's right. That's right. Very much so. Very much so. And so you can't reform these agencies. You have to shut them down if you're doing it. So I'm proud of you for doing that. You're a good role model. We want to bring that to the U.S. But unfortunately, there's more.
There are other symptoms that are even more difficult to diagnose. For instance, the financial situation of the United States. When I talk to my conservative friends right here, they always tell me that the problem is high taxes, that they're wrong. Of course, high taxes are extremely high here in the United States. I, I give you that. You're right in that. But that's not the real problem. The real problem is not the high taxes themselves, but the fact that they are not even really funding the government. Not even those high taxes, higher than a lot of places in the world, not even those taxes are really funding the government. So who's financing the government? Government is financed by treasury bonds, paper. And who buys the treasury bonds? Mostly the Fed. And how does the Fed buy them? By printing money. But what backing does the Fed have for that money being printed? The treasury bonds themselves. So basically, you finance the government by printing money out of thin air. Someone could ask, someone could ask, well, so if the government can print the limited amounts of money out of thin air, why do they collect taxes? I mean, in theory, it would make sense, right? If they can print unlimited amounts of money, why would they need taxes for? The answer is simple, but it's very shocking. The real problem is that you pay high taxes only to uphold the illusion that you are funding the government, which you are not. It's shocking, but it's true. The government is funded by money printing, paper backed with paper, a bubble that will inevitably burst. The situation is even worse than it seems, because if most Americans and the rest of the world were to become aware of this farce, confidence in your currency would be lost, the dollar would fall, and the Western civilization with it. If the next president of the United States doesn't make the necessary policies and structural changes, sooner or later that bubble will burst. There's still time. You don't have to make the same mistakes we did in the 60s and the 70s. You can still jump before the water boils. Winning the election isn't enough to solve these problems. They will not simply go away as a consequence of an electoral result. It will take a total re-engineering of the government top to bottom. It will entail making difficult decisions, like the ones we made in El Salvador since 2019, and they're already paying off. It will be hard. The system will push back. But you have the right to determine your own fate. Salvadorans did the same. The decision for the direction of our nation was ours, and it continues to be ours. We didn't tolerate being told what to do. In doing so, we did the unthinkable. Against all adversity, we transformed El Salvador from the most dangerous country in the world to the safest in the Western Hemisphere. We did it by defying the global elites. We told them no more. And that is my message to you. Put up the fight, because it is, in the end, it will be worth it. It has been for us, and you will have your country back. May God bless you. May God bless the people of the United States. May God bless El Salvador and the future of both our nations. Thank you very much. President! Make Argentina.
Make Argentina great again, Trump. Make Argentina great again. Viva la libertad, carajo! Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media. Delay, my friends. <laughs> you know, rappers like to rock chains. Be coming a threat so You know rappers like to rock pools I got fools You can't swim in But I'm collecting a spice Like a premise So you fools get stepping And get to choosing your weapon Because a definite roar Of indefinite war is epic I found a new way to debit the people I generate an address Then I generate a sequel I get medieval when I'm taking payment Cause I don't want the NSA All stuck up in my anus Yeah And I'm a Bitcoin Terran I'm staring the status quo Got that crypto Going at that foul to blow In the algorithm Gonna get him until prison Send us all to prison Drugs, but you do it on the streets and you're dead in Google Buzz or Google Plus. There's a road made of silk if you must. Get your hustle out of chemical rush, avoiding the brush with the law. And stop them all because they got it anonymous. The ones that play stupid, they get thrown in the bottomless pit. Don't even know how to cut up them layers of the onions. So let the players play pumpkin. Hash function, pumping and dumping. Manipulate the market, flooded from the dark net, flooded from the deep web. Keep it a secret. Every exchange got them nerdy brains trading on the That's a nerdy living. You know rappers can't pay bills. Face attacks, implications of evasion when they stack meals. Got a homie feel deuce one. Taught me the solution. Dumping all this knowledge from the boost, son. Anyone can learn it if you put in the work. And research on how to line it just a fraction of your worth in the dirt. Like just a said, keep your bones under verse. Cause there ain't no telling when that bubble go in the verse. You know rappers say they about the future. But you ain't more than McFly till you buy kombucha from a supermarket with them bitcoins. Till you get your Charlie Sheen greens off the computer screen. Now it's all tied up in hashes, wrapped up in encrypted badges. And I'm a Bitcoin.
staring, I'm staring the status quo. Got that quote, go, go in that death foul, the flow. In the algorithm, I'm gonna get him until prison send us all to prison. And that's a nerdy living. I'm a Bitcoin parent, I'm staring the status quo. Got that crypto, go in that death foul, the flow. In the algorithm, I'm gonna get him until prison send us all to prison. And that's a nerdy living.